Hello, it is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, October 5th, 2021, years after the year zero. I think you're going to enjoy the hell out of today. Michael Lombardi joins us, obviously. Aaron does, AJ Hawk, the boys are on fire. Let's have an incredible Tuesday. If you enjoy the show by the end of it, please be a friend and tell a friend. If not, just act like it never, ever happened. All right? Deal. Let's get to it. And I want to let you know, my gambling picks are back. Hell yeah! I didn't just pick the Chargers uh, minus three last night because A.J. Hawk, one of the best prognosticators on earth, picked the Chargers minus three. No, no, no. I did it because I did a deep dive into both teams, and I thought that the Chargers were going to be a better team on Monday Night Football in front of Steve Levy, Comedian Greasy, Uh and Louis Riddick, and the incredible crew at ESPN that had no Manning cast. I thought there was a good chance that this Chargers team was going to be able to show up and show out, and I'll tell you... They did. Oh, sure. yeah. Hey, this Chargers team is a lot of fun to watch. And Justin Herbert is a fucking baller. I think he's the only quarterback or the third quarterback of some sort in the last, however, to have three touchdowns and zero interceptions in, uh, I think, like six six games. <laughs> this guy in his 19 games, he has three touchdowns, zero interceptions, six out of the 19 games he's played. This guy Jeez. is unbelievable. An absolute stud. He wanted to move to Los Angeles whenever he was a kid. They showed us that on Monday Night Football. So he's always wanted to be a star, even though he was an introverted personality person. There's no other reason why you want to go to LA as a kid. Maybe you like the weather, I guess, but I think everybody... Uh, Normally says, I'm going to go to Los Angeles be a star. I'm going to go to Los Angeles maybe get into the entertainment business. The fact that Herbert as a child wanted to move to Los Angeles made me chuckle to myself because all the conversation was is that he could not handle the big city. He wasn't a motivator. He wasn't this. He wasn't that. The guy's like six foot ten, yeah. a fucking savage, Huge. and has done nothing but ball out as soon as he got thrown into a game 15 minutes before it started because a golf tee, or five minutes before it started because a golf tee was shoved in the starting quarterbacks long fun to watch this Chargers team Austin Eckler front of the show was getting loose out there and then on the flip side of there the Raiders not a bad team I mean Joe Bosa came out and said Derek Carr look a little soft out there you say we got a couple hits on him early and looked like he was a little going in the fetal position you guys saw it we had him a little bit rattled that's that's something that's going to be talked about in the NFL quarterback world forever anyways and Derek Carr there's always a certain conversation around Derek Carr for whatever reason he doesn't have any guaranteed money after this year with the Raiders which is fascinating because if you listen to Raiders fans he should be the franchise for the next 10 years for whatever reason the Raiders haven't figured that out he made some plays Darren Waller an absolute superstar Carlson the kicker and Cole the punter are great and John Gruden's always entertaining as hell but last night I think the Chargers proved that without a doubt they're a better team I think the Chargers proved that without a doubt their stadium might be you know the dumbest stadium in the NFL Mm -hmm. by far now listen I know it was mostly the Rams owners money Kroenke spent five billion dollars on that stadium it looks like a spaceship it's brought to you by a bank SoFi Stadium has a cool name cool look I didn't know it wasn't a dome that's just a fucking canopy they built a goddamn metal canopy over the top of that thing. That was not a dome because there was photos coming from inside the stadium, which I thought we had already seen all of, that there is free air kind of coming through the sides up there Damn. at the top. And they could have never expected that type of storm in Los Angeles except for the first Monday night football game for the Chargers in that stadium. That 35-minute delay was quite a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine paying $5 billion on a car that didn't have the windows, the capability to go up. Oh, you know what I mean? That's basically what it was. They had the roof. Mm-hmm. They had the bottom. 
They had some, just one of the windows couldn't come up, couldn't go down. So that means we can't play the fucking game. Even though TV crew stays on the field. Have to. No fans left. Nope. Delay the game 35 minutes. It's safety. Hey, safety, got to do what you got to do. But I think at home, I was like, this game's already starting a bit late. Yep. All right, here on yeah. the East Coast. I know over there, there are potentially good news because people are sitting in that L.A. traffic, got to get yeah. to the stadium. Uh, Mostly the Raiders fans, by the way. Yeah. That was a very loud Raiders crowd because, you know, back in the day, it was the Los Angeles Raiders. Still a... You know, a staple of that community, I'd assume, as is a lot of other teams and the Chargers. If they continue to win, they'll be able to build that. But I did not expect SoFi Stadium to be the biggest embarrassment of the Monday Night Football. I thought it was going to be a showtime mm -hmm. for SoFi. Because all the cool things, you know, that ESPN does and the access they get. We've seen 8K cameras in the commentator booth at this SoFi Stadium. We've seen the suites and the lounges. And it was supposed to be $2 billion. Ended up being $5 billion. I mean, it was, Kroenke was just pouring out money, hand over fist. L.A. real estate is obviously absurd, let alone building this high-caliber, state-of-the-art stadium that was beautiful. I remember that, that fucking Jumbotron that lost power and ended up looking like all of our TVs whenever something gets unplugged. And it's huge yeah. and it's massive. That thing is gorgeous. It seems like there isn't a bad seat in the house. There's things to do. It's beautiful. Can't take can't take a pretty pretty basic ass storm. No. Yeah. Can't do I mean Small LA dusting. LA's in the middle of a drought, I guess, for a long time. Oh nice. So the rain is a good thing. I think rain is a good thing for everybody. But I mean, I understand that the lightning was coming or whatever, but that's why you have a roof on your house. Yeah. Like what I, I yeah. the thirty five minute delay leading into that game was a little bit of a downer, but the Chargers turned it around for me. Talks the tables here. Uh that's can't wait to hear your thoughts on Monday Night Football with no Manning cast at Boston Connor at Ty Schmidt. Uh, Ty, you first. Your thoughts on the game last night, the coverage, everything like that. That 35-minute delay was fucking befuddling. Pal. Damn near took me out of it. It yep. really did. I mean, I was on the couch ready for the game to start, and then I see, oh, you know, we're not kicking off till 9 p.m., and I, I kind of dozed off and then woke back up, and you have to get back into it. You I'm, sound like an old-ass man, but I felt the exact same Yeah, way. it really so, was. I feel like I'm fucking 90 I, years old, by the way. I saw that delay, and I'm like, I ain't ever going to make it no. before you get to that point in the night where it's like, hey, if we start at 820 here, that's going to give me a little bit of juice. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to be back into it. And then, you know, you're just waiting 40 minutes. And they didn't know what the hell was going on on the field. Like, they kind of just had 40 minutes of it's like, well, what the hell do we do now? So, I mean, Hunter Renfro is just a football player. So, he, he was awesome. But outside of that, that really did take me out of it. I mean, I you know, I, I watched the first half and then just said, screw it. I mean, it was 14 nothing. Well, you didn't that watch the second no, half. Couldn't do it. Couldn't Can't take it. anything this guy said seriously about Derek Carr. He just said he didn't watch the second wow. half. I mean, it was like 2 in the morning at that point. This guy yeah. did not watch the <laughs> second half. At Boston Connor, stayed up to watch that entire thing. Got some late night text messages from you. Uh -huh. Your big takeaway, you love Justin Herbert, huh? I uh, love Justin Herbert. It makes sense that, you know, he was a rookie of the year. And, of course, the Finns passed on him. Comedy. I mean, who most teams did. But How also, about Tom Telesco? We talk to him GM of the Chargers yeah he said sitting at five we felt good about all three quarterbacks that were potentially going to go in the top five we didn't think Washington was going to take quarterback they end up taking Chase Young we didn't think Detroit was going to take quarterback they end up taking a corner I believe right Cuda, Cuda. Uh, Cuda. so Tom Telesco told us we are five or six wherever they were they said we felt really good about all the quarterbacks because Joey Burrow was obviously everybody's consensus number one but they had to scout just in case something happens like the Mac Jones situation at three to falls yeah. to 15 or whatever so Tom Telesco literally said whoever the Dolphins took who was one pick ahead of us we were perfectly content on drafting the other quarterback the Dolphins choose 
Tua. So the, Tom Telesco goes, great. We love Justin Herbert. We're going to draft Justin <laughs> yeah. Herbert. If they would have drafted, the Dolphins would have drafted Justin Herbert, Tom Telesco said, all right, great. We got Tua. Mm-hmm. What a vastly different life those two would be living. I mean, a vastly different life. I mean, Justin Herbert, whole different world, obviously. Miami, L.A., two different worlds. It's not his dream town to grow up in that he wrote when he was 10 years old on a piece of paper. Uh Uh, Spelled a couple words wrong in there. Nobody really brought that up. Uh, What an idiot. Dumb, dumb. Actually, I don't think he did. I I don't think he did. I don't don't think everything made sense. But just Dolphins fans, I think that is exactly where Finns Up went immediately. And maybe it's too early to judge Tua. Of course. Maybe. Maybe it's still too early to judge Tua. Remember Josh Allen. Josh Allen in the most recent history. Year one, he looked like, okay, this guy, great athlete. Mm -hmm. Maybe we put him on special teams, though. You know, like maybe this guy is returning kicks. He's six foot six. He's jumping over people. Maybe he should be a wide receiver. Let's do this. We get huge arm, awesome. We can do throwbacks with him. I mean, I thought that was potentially his outcome. And I don't think that's a little harsh, I think. But honestly, he was not good at quarterback his rookie year. All the intangibles are there. Big arm, seemed to be incredibly confident calm his teammates loved him wildly athletic but for whatever reason couldn't do it year two got a little bit better then year three it was like oh my god here we go Nasty. this is a guy here so i don't want to say you know that is have have dolphins fans lost hope on tua but i think whenever you see what justin herbert's been able to accomplish six times three touchdowns zero interceptions in his first 19 games yeah. and then you hear Tua's going through some shit let alone uh, i you know he's injured Sometimes it was organizational issues. Right. I mean, who knows what the hell's going on? But Justin Herbert has to be very pumped with the team that he has over there. Yeah, because, I mean, he has the offensive line now, the weapons. And for Tua, it's like we obviously can speculate. But when the owner's coming out saying he wants to Sean Watson, that's not speculation. That's just us listening to who the leader of that organization well, is saying. Well, 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 no, we don't know. Did he say it or did sources say he said it? I thought he said it. Sources said he said Sources it. said he said it. So yeah, I'm going to trust the sources. That's what I usually do. Well, but all the sources, there was smoke, right? There was a lot of smoke yeah, coming from that. And when there's smoke, Is there's it, fire somewhere. Yeah. Had to be at least a spark to cut uh-huh. something to do a little bit of a ha. That's right. Now, we know that there is, and we try to wave through the bullshit waters every single day. Of course. Sure. But know that it is murky. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. it is tough sometimes to find. A lot of shit. You know, the, the piece of wood that Jack... Could have definitely laid on with Rose. That's true. I mean, we're, that's what we're yeah. trying to find in this bullshit water that mm-hmm. we're waving through mm-hmm. is a, a door that is definitely large enough for two people, especially if I love them. Yeah. Yeah. Deeply. What a raging bitch. Does anybody talk about that enough? Probably not. Probably Rose. not enough. Probably not. But hey, she threw that $50 million back in the water anyway. That's so. right, yeah. she did. Uh-huh. Shout out to Rose, dude. Hell of a story. Hell of a story. Thank you, Rose. And unfortunately. This- Why did Jack die, though? There's no reason. He could have got right up on the goddamn door with him. <laughs> it was cold. The story would have been good that way. Yeah, it was cold. What way. if they both survive? They make it? What if they go on to be? They could have changed that outcome. It could have been like an American dream tale at the end that this couple yeah. came together on the Titanic. Pretty easily, but I mean, hey, that's the Titanic, baby. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's just what they say. And to your point about stuff they could have changed, I'll tell you what came back to life last night. A lot of people dogging the broadcast on Monday oh, Night Football. Yeah, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. A lot of Before people, we get to me. that, I'm, I got to get back. Because we are, you know, waving the bullshit <laughs> waters. But when numerous sources are reporting the same thing, it's hard not to be like, okay, everybody is either hearing it from the same person or everybody has different people that are saying a similar thing. So we try to do that. Sources did say a lot that they were trying to move on from Tua. Tua gets hurt. The initial reports is that he wasn't injured mm-hmm. at all. He's just got carted off. 
off for no injury. It's not serious. It's like, who the fuck is letting that out? Are the Miami Dolphins letting that PR out? Because then it turns out he has hairline fractures in his ribs or whatever the case is. But I understand what you're saying. Now let's get to your Monday night Manning list. Yeah. Monday night football a bummer. Uh, experience. Why Why were you so – what's the deal? What, they're just calling what's a goddamn game. Well, I mean, they try to call the game, you know, and then usually there's a couple things that steers them in a different direction. Like, oh, what did you major in in college? And it goes down that route for a little. And then, you know, greasy and the graphics. They, you know, the graphics department over there, man, everybody needs to be getting – all the money in the world because what they're doing is changing the game. They had Justin Herbert. I, did you see this dancing he was a little bit? Along. Oh man, it was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, I think he should probably sue ESPN for doing that to him. What? Absolutely. Yeah. What? 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 He was two stepping out there. I mean, he was getting after it. You that know, that doesn't seem like something greasy, he would do. Greasy said he was in the middle, uh, had a bunch of burgers in his stomach. Mm. Yeah, they made him look like Gumby though. Herbert's like six six and yoked up, and he looks like an absolute stooge with like a humpback doing his little dance. And then Gruden too. They put Chucky next to Gruden in his yeah, little graphic they when they started dance. to make a comeback. Well, and I assume Gruden does know everybody over at the Monday Night Football department. I don't know if it's a great relationship, not a great relationship. Maybe they just did Chucky thing for whatever. But Herbert, you're right. Herbert is a Beast. stud. Yeah. He is a stallion of a human being. Yeah. And not only him, that team is, hey, they got weapons over there. Oh, yeah. They're legit. Hey, go Bolts. They got weapons over Amouch. there. I mean, they didn't even really get to a couple of their weapons last night as much as they had in the past couple of weeks. But as soon as they start clicking on all cylinders over there, and Austin Eckler is a fucking maniac as well. Yeah. Right? Derwin James is a player on the defensive side of the ball. Bose is obviously an absolute game wrecker. I mean, they got a squad over there, and Ty Long, the punter, has a cannon. Yeah. He has a fucking cannon, Gun. dude. Where's number one? I love that. Captain of the, uh, the squad. Love that. How you doing? Keep moving, Ty Long. Great leader of men over there for the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. They noticed in the middle of a fourth and 11 punt in the pooch area that, you know, the Raiders didn't have anybody covering left gunner. Now, people could wonder at a time like this, if there's nobody covering the gunner, why they wouldn't do that. Well, maybe they're trying to bring out an all-out blitz. Or maybe they're trying to get the Chargers to bring down the gunner so that you know, out of fear of a rush coming, so you bring down the gunner to block somebody, to block the corner that just came down. And in doing so, it is going to be impossible to get that person out because they're trapped in there. Especially in a pooch situation, you can get them to not have a gunner, so it's probably a touchback or at least a return outside of the 20. So there might have been a little head games going on. Whatever Mm. the case, Matt Overton, long snapper of the Chargers, and Ty Long noticed that there was potential. I don't know if they checked it to themselves, if it's an always-on audible, if there's nobody covering... uh, Uh, the gunner you can throw it Uh, but after some film research I think what the Chargers realized was that the Raiders only had 10 dudes on the field okay so the corner that was supposed to be out on the gunner on the left side was not on the field it was eight in the box it was a single uh, cover on the gunner to the right there's one returner you do the math that's eight plus two is ten there's eleven on a field so they didn't have enough men on the field for that so Hunter Renfro who the returner I think everybody has seen this like in high school games or whatever the case the returner will count right and see if you're missing somebody if there's too many run off the field right so the returner 
punter's job is like how many, and then you run off the field if there's too many, and so they can't get uh, 12 men on the field or whatever. So Hunter Renfro had to look. See, no, he knows that they're in an eight-man box, so he knows that each gunner is single covered. So Hunter Renfro had to look at the, out at the gunners first, which is how you easily tell whether it's a eight-man, six-man, or seven-man boxes by looking at the gunners. That's quickly how a punter can tell whether they're probably going to bring it or not. For instance, if you see two people on each gunner, that means there's six in a box. Quick math. If they have a returner back there, you can probably move up to about 13 feet and steal a yard off the back or 13 yards, steal a yard off the back end because they're not bringing a rush. It's a clear hold-up situation. Just little tricks of the trade to steal some yards on the back end. Mm. That was a really good day whenever I found <laughs> out I could do that, by the way. But anyways, he fucking guns that thing, and Hunter Renfro makes one of the best football plays I've seen in some time because if they do have nobody on the gunner and they have the corner down in to rush, Renfro's job is to potentially look for a throw to the uh, cover, the uncovered gunner or whatever. Instead, this was him realizing they were in a bad situation. We don't have enough people. Oh, shit. 25, 30-yard sprint. Yep. Helmet on ball. Perfect breakup of a dime of a pass yeah. from Ty Long. I mean, obviously a, a nightmare for the brand, but you can't help but tip your cap to the guy, Hunter Renfro, who looks like a 65-year-old man who's just an absolute stud out of Clemson for the Oakland Raiders. Or Did Las Vegas. Or, yeah, Las Vegas. Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders yeah. In Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. A lot of fans A lot of Los Angeles Raiders fans still. Yeah, it was loud, right. loud. When, when the Chargers were on offense. But also Renfro coming back and scoring a touchdown in, in the third quarter, which basically put them back in the game for a little bit, and then it kind of faded out. But Renfro's destined for New England. I, I think was we about all to know say, that. what's that all about? Hey, I mean, come on. You guys can catch touchdowns. You can lay people out on special teams. He looks like a combination of Slater and Welker and Edelman into one. I mean, come on. Put the, put the Patriots you uniform on Gruden's probably going to get sick of you in a month or two anyways because that's what Gruden does and let Belichick pay it next year come on Hunter I uh, love it is he going into contract year next year uh, I think he might have two more years and you got to remember Mayock loved him right Mayock oh, was yeah. going to uh -huh. draft him out of Clemson and Mayock was the one that is on his side so that means Mike would have to let him go too even though everybody knows Gruden's calling all the shots everywhere that's, that's right. right hey you still a good football team at Raiders team. Yeah. Still a good football team. Yeah. Good players. Hey, everybody on earth was on the Chargers minus three last night at Tone Diggs, host of Hammer Down, which runs 15 minutes after this show ends every Monday through Friday. It felt good. We're all on the same side. We all won. That was a, that was a nice little Monday, wasn't it, It Tone? did feel good, and it was, uh, it was a soak. So we just put our feet up, and we just watched the game and enjoyed it. There was really no uh, no sweat at all. What's the uh, – What's the uh, shirt? Is that the Duquesne shirt or what Duquesne is it? Rebels? No, this is Ole Miss running Rebels. Ole what? Miss? Yeah. Scott. Yesterday, I, um. I had Ben Roethlisberger's shirt on. Su support the current. Support the Hall of Famer. Today, I support the future. Uh, you guys are going to have to get real low, right? Matt Corral is going to have to. You guys are going to have to really suck. Maybe. He that might happen, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Because Corral's going to be a high draft pick, right? Oh, yeah. That's what everybody's yeah. saying. He's going to be like I the guy. I got a Liberty jersey coming tomorrow, just in case. Um, you know, and Aaron's coming. We don't on take today. Corral. Who's Liberty? Wills Willis. Oh, okay. Well, this is where you're at as a Steelers fan. By the way, this Man. is one season. Wow. Crazy. This is one beginning of a season. Malik Willis. Yeah, he's of supposed to be one overall. I said, hey, we're probably not going to get one overall. Take Corral. Okay, so Malik Willis is yeah. at Liberty. Yep. 
and then Matt Corral's at Ole Miss, yeah. and you're already trying to support all the this, – this is what it's like in Pittsburgh. with one. They haven't lost in 18 years. They haven't had a losing season. Mm-hmm. They're staring down suck this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're in transition phase. There, I mean, there's a lot that can be not great. Listen to what he's doing. He's already trying to support future quarterbacks of the team. As Next year, he's already pulling for colleges now that aren't his own. I've never heard him mention Ole Miss's name once. Nope. Lane Kiffin came on. He, he loved Lane Kiffin. Love mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Never talked about him again. Tone is that checked out of this Pittsburgh That's Steelers. That's true. Evan Fox... Yeah. Do you not think to yourself as a Detroit Lions fan who has this season every single season? Do you not think like what what mental weakness is going on with Tone Diggs and Pittsburgh I'll right now? I'll tell you what, I, if I can give Tony some advice or something to look forward to yeah. is that on Sundays you don't have to stress at all anymore. That's not true. You know that you're going to lose the game. Actually, winning oh. the game stinks because you're like, wow, that's going to affect our draft pick. So I kind of like what Tony's doing. Welcome to my side, Tony. Don, this is just I'm like when we were side. kids. We went down there to PNC Park. Yeah. We knew they were going to lose. They win, we celebrate. Yeah. That's what we did. We get, You go down there, you tailgate, you play flip cup with a lady for what? three hours, four hours, five hours. Then you ask her, like, hey, congrats on the baby. Is it a man, <laughs> man, a boy or girl? Then you go into PNC. That's terrible. Don't do that. Then you go into PNC Park. You watch a game. They lose by 10. Ah, what a day. All right. Uh, that's, right. that's not the type of fan I am for any that's of right. my teams. So you guys are putting, spinning this around in a negative that I should have fucking You're seen. wearing I a shirt. I should have seen this coming. For the, what's that? I should have seen this coming. What? Yeah. You guys spinning this into this fashion. Well, we're just what trying to tell you accept the reality. You're Lions doing it. I have do. never yeah. accepted reality. I am fully mentally weak. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't believe in seven anymore. Come on. No, no, I do. I supported him yesterday. You got to support him every day. Yeah, yeah. You, he sees you right now. You know, he doesn't look at a lot of other things any, anymore these days, but Still he sees you. Right here. No, that's Thank not him. Seven. That no, was him for a long time. Yeah. You're actually supporting getting him the fuck out of town. Next that's crazy. Year. No, the Roonies came out and said, look, we're not the ones that are certain that we this is Ben's last year. Not, not be his last year. Tone Diggs, all I'm saying is this is crazy that you're already doing this four weeks in. This is like Urban Meyer trying to sabotage his own NFL career four weeks in. <laughs> this, is, this is kind of weird. Pretty smart. There is a statement coming out of that whole situation. And who would we be, by the way, if we didn't cover that? Have to. Have to. One of 32. Okay. There's only a select group of people that can become head coaches in the greatest league of all time. That's right. And it doesn't matter what you've done before this league. Mm -mm. What matters is what you do in this league, the men's league, the varsity league. Now, college football is obviously very difficult to succeed in. Okay, that's right. There's only been a few that have really mastered it, and Urban Meyer was one of them. And congrats to Urban Meyer on his incredible college football success. Attaboy, Urban. But I think his arrogance, Hmm. waltzing into Jacksonville and acting and behaving the way that he has. And listen, I am no perfect individual, okay? I was... I was walking down the street in a state that was worse than Urban was in while he was doing his finger gun dance on Saturday when I got a public intoxication. But we are also not the leader of grown-ass men Mm -hmm. in the NFL. We are also not peers with Bill Belichick and Andy Reid and Mike Tomlin. Like, we are not people that are head coaches in the NFL because when you're a head coach in the NFL, not only 
uh, do you have to lead men, but you have to be respected by the men in which you lead because guess what? They're getting paid a lot of fucking money too. They've been very good at football for a long time. They probably have a similar football IQ as you, if not better than you, especially when it comes to NFL football. And you have to earn their respect, their trust, and you can't be looking like a uh, unself-aware stooge on a weekend at your whiskey house. Mm, there it is. Okay. Wasn't the pint uh, thing from Wasn't the pint different. It's it whiskey was, house. It was Urban's whiskey place. That'll yeah, do it. has got two. That'll so that's question in of itself. But I like that he's a restaurateur looking to build his business, whatever sure. the case is. There's stories now coming out of Jacksonville. Lomba, who will be joining us in about five minutes, Michael Lombardi of the... Um, the Daily Coach newsletter mm -hmm. yep. that I get, email that I get every day. Mm -hmm. It is awesome. Great. Yeah. Motivating and inspiring. The GM Shuffle podcast, the Lombardi line. He put out a tweet that he's, his sources are telling him that things are brewing and it could be get ugly down in Jacksonville. Okay. According to two Jacksonville sources, says Michael Lombardi, uh, uh, there are many closed door meetings happening over the last two days in the football offices and none of them have anything to do with the Titans. Stay tuned. This might get ugly, says Lombo. And once again, uh -oh. we'll be talking to him in about four minutes to see what more we can get out of him about this particular thing. But that was not it. Michael Silver of the NFL Network, a man who I don't think I necessarily have had any good relationship with. <laughs> no. I don't really know him at all personally, but he is taking some shots across the bow at oh. me, I think, a few times. Mm -hmm. Whatever the case. He says that his sources are telling him the players laughed Urban Meyer out of these meetings, basically. Jesus. His sources. Now, who knows what the source is? These are all anonymous sources. Mm -hmm. We don't know shit about fuck about any of this, okay? We don't know if any of this is real. Anytime you have anonymous sources, you don't know 100% what the truth is. But Michael Silver said that the players uh, kind of have lost some respect for Urban because on Monday... Uh, they canceled the meeting. Urban Meyer canceled the meeting on Monday that they were supposed to have after Thursday Night Football uh, because of what they were dealing with. So the players thought that he was embarrassed or, uh, you know, kind of immature. Like, hey, we're still having a fucking meeting here. Yeah. yeah. You know, because this is the professionals. And uh, if we win... Guess what? We all make a lot of money. Uh, players were also particularly put off by the fact that Meyer canceled Monday's team meeting as he dealt with the uproar over the videos of him and a young mom, uh, woman getting cozy at Ohio Bar. He even canceled the team meeting. He was too scared, a player said to Ooh. Michael Silver. He was too scared to step in front of the room. By the way, because it's much different than the room in which you control everybody's scholarships. And yeah. it's much different than the room in which you can literally ruin people's lives and trajectories and you have all the power. You are the dictator. You control the entire schedule. Whenever you talk about grown, grown men, you're talking about people that are like, oh, this guy's fucking up my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if he would have attacked it face on, I think the players would have had a lot more respect. They lost respect because of the fact that he canceled the meeting. Instead, Meyer only apologized to position groups individually. He portrayed the woman in videos as a random person who was just there dancing. Suffice to say, his audience was highly skeptical. Said one player, we looked at him like, what the fuck? Right when he left, everyone started dying laughing. So literally, he <laughs> oh. comes in. Boys, uh, I got a little, you know, they caught me doing stuff on the internet. and I don't want to be a distraction. It's all about winning football games around here, as you've heard me say. Uh, coach, a couple quick questions here. Who, who, where were you? And uh, who was it? Oh, that's my bar. Yeah, I have a bar. I got a whiskey place. I have a dance thing. And uh, girls just some, you know, random woman dancing. You saw her yeah, dancing around yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You could have been anywhere or whatever. Uh, thank you so much. I, uh, let's get back to work and let's beat the Titans. Oh, okay. And then he shuts the door and then... 
through the doors. So Urban Meyer is walking out of there. All right, thank you guys. Let's get to work and shuts the door. And then he, they, they he bought it. it. That laughing thing happens and he just has to go, oh, no. Jesus. How do, you, how do you stand in front of the team after you've been laughed out of a fucking room already? Yeah, you don't. You can't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you literally can't. That's going to be tough. I guess if anybody can do it, you know who can? Or Mark can do it. Exactly. Right. Freaking Meyer. I just, there's people calling for his job, obviously. They're saying that there's a chance that they were going to potentially uh, move on from Urban Meyer. There's been a lot of reports that the players now are disinterested in the whole situation because, you know, we're adults. We're all trying to make a living here. We're all trying to feed our family. And winning helps us all do all those things. And you've been pitching, turning around this entire culture. And here you are not even flying home with us on a Thursday night game. Mm -hmm. And then when you stick around in a time, you tear it down and it gets seen by everybody. I mean, what the hell is going on? Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. Should <laughs> That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Last a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom. That's right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. Her population, you dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. Ooh. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. Cool. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. It's about to be time that, you know, for a conversation to happen that I look forward to all week, AJ. I mean, this is something I literally look forward to. I wake up on Tuesday mornings and I think to myself, what a fucking joke that I get to have the conversation that I'm about to have this afternoon with a man who's the reigning MVP of the NFL. Fresh off of a win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Woo. Hell yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah! What's up, dude? Hey, buddy. Hey, why'd you shave? What are we doing? What'd you shave? Does that have something to do with the uh, costume or the everybody? It was kind of a conversation piece there early on uh, Sunday. Just mixing it up, man. Just whenever the grays get a little too overpowering, I think, hey, let me just cut them back. 
Yeah, I got that down here at the bottom. That means we're distinguished, you know what I mean? I think that means that we're distinguished, but also you look baby-faced right now all of a sudden with this shave, fresh off a, a big win over the Steelers, wearing a power lift shirt, you know, because you like to get under the bar and squat around. How do you feel going into week five? How's the body feel? How's the mind feel? Yeah, body and mind feel good. Uh, I like where our team's at. We played a couple of really good uh, defenses back-to-back, scored 30 and scored 27. Uh, two wins, you know, without, uh, shoot, without David Bakhtiari, without Elton Jenkins, Jair getting hurt, uh, no Zadarius Smith. I feel pretty good about our team right now. Yeah, as you should. Go ahead, AJ. Hey, what about, though, uh, you know, during that game, you were openly flirting with Mike Tomlin from the field. You weren't really focused in the moment, but, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you a pass for that. What was that about, and did you guys get to talk after the game? I'm a big Mike Tomlin fan. I have been for a long time. I like the way that he speaks about his team. I like the way that he goes about his business. Uh, you know, I like his confidence. I, you know, I've heard nothing but good things from guys that have played there. I like Mike Tomlin. Uh, and I also liked it. You know, he called that timeout. We tried to catch him at 12 on the field. He was kind of smirking about it. I like that. I respect that. A little gamesmanship there, because I think he had to sprint, by the way, to the <laughs> ref. So he, I think he had to sprint down there and get it. You obviously realizing it was him that called the timeout. I think Matt Patricia has told us the story of staring you down, trying to see who would make a move first whenever he was at Detroit and he was running the defenses. Uh, is there any other coaches that you've had those types of moments where they understand and you understand that this is open Sicilian, this is closed Sicilian, and this is chess right now. Is there any other moments other than just just the Tomlin one that we saw? There's been some back and forth with guys over the years, mostly guys that I, I don't really like. Uh, one guy that I do like, Rod Marinelli. Uh, he is, uh, you know, he's been league forever, uh, and his uh, I believe his daughter is married to our defensive coordinator. Hmm. I think that's the whole connection there. But but Rod. Uh, you know, he would flip me off from time to time on the field, and I'd <laughs> flip him off right back. Uh, we had some fun back and forth, but I'm a big Rod Marinelli fan, and, and I loved, uh, you know, some of the comments that would come my way from him. Competitive guy, for sure, super competitive, but uh, but a good human, I think, at his core. Well, I don't know if whenever you and Rod Marinelli were telling each other to fuck off, the exact same conversations were happening after you and Tomlin had your moment because that continued to feed the flames of Aaron Rodgers going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Pittsburgh would vote you mayor of Pittsburgh right now if you wanted to be the mayor of Pittsburgh right now. So much so that we even got a message from a prominent Pittsburgher uh, who we wanted to share with you, Aaron Rodgers. Hey. Rogers. Yeah, I seen you was giving love to Pittsburgh last week, but I figured out your angle. You get the whole time to lower its guard, butter it in a sub, and then bam, you slice through our defense like it's a hot permani sandwich. The next time, go a little easier on us. You put us down like that dog at the end of Marley and me. And if you do ever want to come to Pittsburgh, we got a lot to offer. For example, we put fries on everything. They'll even put them in your in your blizzard down at Dairy Queens. And secondly, you're never more than two minutes away from cell phone repair or a vape shop that used to be a Pizza Hut. True. You like Jeopardy, right? The Steelers can offer this to Aaron Rodgers in terms of pass protection. What is a wet paper towel? <laughs> Sorry, who is Jeez Louise? And what has Green Bay got that's so special anyhow? Cheese. We'll get you a Lunchable when you get here. Them got cheese in them. And hey, AJ Hawk, 
That name sound made up. What are you, some kind of G.I. Joe? Your parents a couple of military helicopters. Bottom line, Aaron, if you're ever in town, we'll take you out for a beer. Hey, maybe we'll take you over to McAfee's old stomping grounds near the Golden Mile Highway. McAfee's live over here in Plum. More like Prune. That's all old people are here now. And finally, to show our respects, I'm adding an authentic Aaron Rodgers action figure to the game room collection. Look that. Yeah, I got it from uh, a guy down in the flea market. Who also sells gyros. That look like Jesus if he was in the WWF. And I, I don't know why he ain't wearing pants. Is that some kind of weird thing all you people from California do? Or Anyways, <laughs> things like this, because you and Tomlin flirt, and then you complimenting Uh-oh. Pittsburgh, and I think this is going to happen all year, no matter what you say. And shout out to Pittsburgh Dad, by the way. Shout out. Oh, shout, shout out. Shout Pittsburgh Pitt- Dad, he's, he's the best. We used to watch that. Yeah, I've been around Pittsburgh people most of my football career. And Alex Van Pelt, also from Pittsburgh, played at Pitt. He got me on to Pittsburgh Dad, and we used to watch those videos, and those are unbelievable. And, you know, you talk to the coaches who've been around Pittsburgh for a long time, and and they're also big fans of Pittsburgh Dad as well. They say that's, you know, the accent's dead on, the stuff he talks about. John Eagle, you know, and, and the... <laughs> You know, when he goes, the one when he goes to the water park downtown, they're closing the ride. The, is it Dolly? What is it called? Sandcastle? Uh, probably, he's talking about Sandcastle? No, 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 no. Candywood? He's, he's riding some wooden, uh, you know, uh, oh, the moss. water. Log water jammer. Ride. Log, Log, no, that's a Kennywood, though. Yeah. Whatever the fucking case. Kennywood. He's Kennywood. great. Kennywood. Yeah. Kennywood. Yeah. It was Kennywood. It's not closed, by the way. Kennywood's still open, Aaron. Jesus. Kennywood's Give me the, open? Yeah, Ken- Kennywood's open. It means your fly's down as well <laughs> around Pittsburgh. But Kennywood is still open. The potato patch still exists. Uh, we love Pittsburgh, Dad. But these conversations are going to happen about you, right, after what happened this past offseason and with how the season's going to go. And after reading some excerpts of Rom Doss's Be Here Nah, you know what I mean? you got to be – because no matter where we go in the future, we'll always be where? Right here. Right here. Right here will always be. Is that how you deal with potential outside distractions? Because that's going to get loud. I mean, in Pittsburgh, it was headline news in the night and in the morning that you were potentially going to be a Steeler. Pittsburgh dad, obviously, all worked up. All of Pittsburgh's worked up, especially after the Tomlin thing. That's probably going to happen a couple times this year. Do you ever think about that? Or is it, oh, Rom Doss, be here in a moment right now. Let's win as much as we can. It's, it's, it's that. And then you pair it with the book from this week, which I won't tell you. But it's yeah. – it's, uh, look, I'm just speaking the truth. They asked me a question about Mike Tomlin. I'm going to tell them how, how I feel about Mike Tomlin. If you want to take that and run with it and say I'm, you know, angling for you know, some sort of next team or something, I'm, I'm not. I'm just answering a question about about my respect for Mike and, and what he's accomplished in the league. And same for, you know, I talked about Ben. Um, a lot of respect for everything he's accomplished over the years. And um, Yeah, I mean, it might be, it might, there might be other, you know, stories similar to this, but I mean, there was, I guess, the last two weeks, you know, Niners, uh, you know, there was conversation, obviously an icy handshake kind of between Kyle and Matt. And they obviously had a conversation around draft day, and there was rumors about that. And then I say something nice about Mike. I mean, I think Cincinnati's pretty safe because, you know, they got a good young quarterback, and I don't think they're really interested <laughs> in, the, you know, in the old bull. They got the young calf right now. You know, <laughs> the old bull, you know? Sees my sweat down to my... <laughs> Yeah, and she wants to take a ride. Go ahead, AJ. I got two two parter here. You mentioned earlier you had some good interactions with coaches you like. You don't have to name names, but what kind of interaction do you have with coaches when you guys don't get along or there's some animosity? And also, you said they just asked you a question about Mike Tomlin. 
Let's say a media member asks you about a coach or somebody that you don't really like. How do you answer that? Bad boy, AJ. Thank you. It'll probably be a short answer. <laughs> <laughs> probably wouldn't be an expansion. I wouldn't talk about, you know, the you know, laud there, you know, many uh, achievements in the league. I might just uh, kind of skip right over that or, or angle it to, you know, another part of the, the question I feel like I can divert my answer to. But I think that's part that's part of question asking. Even when, you know, you ask me some shitty questions or, you know, <laughs> I can't put Ty in this, in this category, but if Pat asks me something I don't really want to answer or if Connor want to, you know, I, I might, you know, take – some part of that and then just angle it a little bit uh, to a different response uh, there's an art to saying a lot without saying a whole a whole bunch um, and I think that's where the realm you have to live in if you're trying to be honest all the time and not cliche uh, you not have cliches all over your responses then sometimes there, there's a question you can't really expand on you got to kind of adjust your answer slightly Roger Goodell greatest in the history at speaking without saying anything Best ever. I, I mean, honestly, best ever. Every politician is dreaming of being able to not answer, que uh, answer questions while giving detailed answers like Roger Goodell. It is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in my entire life. Aaron, um, can we dive into my notes section from the game, please? Yeah, let's do it. First one. Why the fuck did I miss the first quarter and a half of uh. the Packers and the Steelers because CBS was playing the Jets-Titans game? Did you know this was happening? Did you decide to save the greatness until we could all watch this thing? Did you hear about this? I, I saw it, I think, on Ty. Maybe Ty had put out a tweet about it, so I think I saw that. I didn't. Obviously, I wasn't aware of that during the first quarter, so I apologize about, uh, about that for all you missed the first quarter. It wasn't that eventful, to be honest. Yeah, what, anything? Nothing? Ben threw a touchdown, I've seen. Yeah. That was a highlight. Did anything else happen? Were you guys finding a groove or no? No, we had a uh, miscommunication sack on our first third down, and then we punted, and we got the ball back and went down and, and got seven at the beginning of the second quarter, which I'm, I'm A miscommunication guessing. with who? Yeah. Who's, who's the miscommunication? LaFleur, Guntekuntz. Mark Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm just here today to talk about power lift. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was good diversion. Hey, that was really good yeah. what you just did right there. You know, I'm thankful for the rack that they sent. They're just they're incredible, incredible company that uh, makes some incredible products. And I'm just here just repping them out of love. Yeah, that's, that's good communication. I mean, it kind of paid you, they sent you a rack. So depending upon what that it costs, but no, no, we understand what you're saying there. Yeah. Um, uh, how do you know who's coming and who is it on these exotic amoeba like defensive fronts? Cause Devin Bush got you on one, I think. And maybe this is the communication area you're referring to. And then it seemed to never happen again. How do you know? Is that all film study? Is that instinct? Is that feel? Is that giveaway? And is, if this is competitive advantage, feel free to tell me to go fuck myself and tell me about power lift again. GFY. So what I love about Powerlift is <laughs> <laughs> <together> product. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, uh, no, it's, it's about percentages, Pat. I mean, I think a lot of protection and, and decision-making is choosing the highest percentage success probability. So when it comes to protection, when you're playing a team that brings a lot of exotic pressures, you have to rely on where your eyes go at the snap and where your best uh, hot option is or adjustment to the route called is. So, you know, the one time they got us in the first drive, uh, I thought we were adjusting the protection to actually to, to Devin, and the communication obviously wasn't where it should be. 
and he came, you know, scot free and, and, and sacked me. That didn't happen again. We had another time uh, later in the game there in the base, and we had a 7 7 job, an old school West Coast route called uh, X Shallow Cross. And they had a five down front, so we were in a, a five on five protection. They brought Devin again. The back, that's the back's guy. You know, in a 5 0 protection, the back has everybody else, basically. And of course. So, we, uh, AJ, uh, you know, kind of missed that one, I guess, a little bit. And, and Devin got to me, but I was able to get the ball out quickly. But other than that, we had, uh, I thought the projection was, was, uh, was really good. Okay. Well, uh, last question here from my, uh, you know, things here. Um, huge game for Cobb. Huge game for Cobb. Is that you guys just kind of getting back into the flow of things? Is that specific game plan? Or is this what we should uh, potentially be looking forward to for the rest of the season with you and Cobb being back on the same page? I mean, massive third down pickups, uh, a couple touchdowns. Seemed like you two were on a string in a couple different situations. There's stories coming out, obviously, about the Cobb selection and coming back to the team. This was something you looked for and you were hoping for. Uh, how come? Was this a big breakout game for Cobb this season? Or is it just kind of... Of the way the game unfolded I think it was a perfect storm in, in, in some respects because with Marquez getting injured that left us with you know Devontae Allen and, and Randall starting the game in 11 personnel Randall I, I saw had had an average of 16 snaps a game the first three weeks which is just not enough for a guy who can really contribute I know we're trying to you know get him to the finish line he's had some injuries the last couple of years but he looks really healthy. He's been practicing really, really well, and I was I was hoping that he was going to get more opportunities because of Marquez's injury. This gave him a natural opportunity to play more snaps. And then the defensive plan for Pittsburgh was to not really leave Devontae one-on-one uh, at any cost. Now, there were a couple times they did, and I think both those times I probably threw him the ball. We had an early go ball that I threw a semi-back shoulder to him, and then we had uh, you know third down late in the game where they played uh, – some weak uh, three-week coverage, uh, and I throw him a, a you know ten-yard stop route to get a first down. So, other than that, they they want they want to take him out of the game and not let him beat us because you know he'd been averaging I don't know uh, twelve or thirteen targets per game. I think more. I think had eighteen targets last week against the Niners. So they they knew uh, as anybody does who watches us on film, seventeen is going to get a lot of looks. So because of that. Because of Marquez's injuries, Kobe got a lot more opportunities. When we get more opportunities, I think the production is going to be there like it was a couple of days ago. I don't know if you watched the, the Bucks patriots game on Sunday night, but Collinsworth was mentioned multiple times. Oh, they're, Belichick's he's mixing it up at the line. He's not showing Tom like the same thing twice pre-snap, all this. And what can defenses do, I guess, to try to confuse them? Oh, you've seen everything. They, that's what's like the old cliche to say about vet quarterbacks. But – what can they really do, I guess, to confuse you, that they don't try every other week? Well, it just depends. I mean, it depends on uh, on their approach and what they want to do. Some some teams haven't really pressured us a whole lot. I mean, the first three weeks, not a lot of pressure from any of those teams. Uh, and then a couple of days ago, a lot of pressure. Pittsburgh, you know, brought pressure consistently, not just five-man pressure. The difference between, you know, also the, the terminology, too. A lot of people talk about, or in the breakdown, you know, five-man pressure is a, is a pressure. I don't really consider a five-man pressure out of base a pressure. It's just, you know, it goes, when you categorize it with the film breakdown, it'll say, you know, Sam and D or, uh, or you know, Will at three, depending on, you know, if they're an over front or, or an under front, a three down front. But, 
but to me, pressure is second level pressure. It's bringing a linebacker, bringing a nickel, bringing a safety, and we just haven't seen that a whole lot the last few years. Uh, but Pittsburgh, you know, brought the nickel many times. They brought Bush uh, a few times. Uh, they brought safety, so they, you know, they they brought some some pressures. I think the thing you got to remember that we always do is we try to remind ourselves is. You know, when they do a breakdown, a four or five game breakdown going into each game, there'll be a lot of percentages in every single category. I'm talking about first, second, third down, the distances, get back on track stuff, backed up, high red zone, low red zone. Um, and I always say you kind of have to throw out the numbers a little bit when you're playing veteran quarterbacks because a team might come in uh, like the Saints and average, you know, close to 50% pressure uh, over the last, you know, three or four games and then pressure us two or three times the entire game. Our team might come in averaging 15% pressure and just say, for whatever reason, uh, we are going to play man and bring five-man pressure the entire game, and then the stats will be totally skewed. So it really comes down to defense coordinators who don't just run their stuff, who really tailor their plan specifically to who they're playing and what they're trying to take away. This is the Bill Belichick philosophy that, that you know him and his disciples have kind of passed around the league for a while. Those teams will definitely not play to kind of their tendencies as much as as much as other teams. So the Steelers, Mike Tomlin told us that Josh Allen expected a bunch of pressure probably that week one, uh, and he probably wished for it, so we chose not to. That was his actual answer to us in there. So I think Tomlin's a similar guy, especially against a quarterback that he has a, the utmost respect. And to your point, Zach Cruz actually tweeted this. I screenshotted it. Uh, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers dropped back to pass 40 times versus Steelers defensive pressure uh, front. He was only under pressure 10 times. 77 dropbacks, only 15 under pressure the last two weeks with Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins out there. Is that because of how efficient the offense is? Is that because of Audible? Is that because everybody being on the same page? Or is it just you guys are really uh, rolling right now? It's that, but it's also most teams that have fronts like those two teams we played, Pittsburgh and San Fran, they expect to get home with their front four. And they do a lot, you know, so they don't need to pressure. You know, that's teams that, that don't have the same type of athletes on the outside will probably pressure a little bit more. But when you have... You know, San Fran, you can line up, uh, you know, Bosa and D. Ford and Armstead. Uh, you're going to get pressure. Uh, Pittsburgh, and you can line up, uh, you know, TJ and Melvin and Cam. You're going to get pressure. So you don't necessarily need to bring those extra guys. Now, they brought some slot pressers and some and some backers uh, more than, you know, maybe the numbers showed. But when you have a good front four, the best the best defenses, as we've seen over the last, uh, you know, couple decades, are teams that can get after you with your front four and drop seven and play coverage. TJ definitely tripped you, by the way. No doubt. No doubt. How do you feel? I, about- I, but I was questioning myself actually a little bit because uh, I stepped in the pocket. To, Cam got a good rush kind of off my left, and A.J. Dillon was running uh, an angle round and was wide open for a touchdown. I really stepped up to move away from Cam and to throw it to him. When I was about to throw it to him, I felt, you know, getting tripped. And, it, you know, it was one of those awful things. The only thing worse than getting tripped like that is getting stepped on, like, trying to get out from center and then you're falling down. It looks really awful. It looks super unathletic. This one looks slightly more athletic, not much. Um, but what got me was I got up and I immediately went to the white cap and was like, that's got to be a trip, right? <laughs> and he was like, I don't know. I'm not sure. And so when he was hemming and hawing, he throws the penalty. And then I'm not sure if he's talking to New York or, or upstairs replay. But – the defensive guys start saying, now you trip yourself. You trip yourself. Joe Hayden was saying that. Sutton was saying that. Edmund was saying that. And at first second, it started creeping in and go, maybe I did. Maybe I did trip myself. And then when he picked up the flag, they still hadn't shown the replay yet, uh, 
uh, you know, on the jumbotron. He picked the flag up, and I was thinking, man, is that what it's come to? I'm in my 17th year, and I'm tripping myself, believing that I actually got tripped. And it was a real low moment for me. A few, the tough couple seconds, kind of turning, walking back to the huddle. Then I heard the booze ran down, and I looked up, and I was like, "Okay, thank God, <laughs> thank God." It was such a rush of just joy and and relief that I wasn't that unathletic guy yet who trips himself and thinks somebody tripped him. Uh, let's talk about Whitecap real quick before AJ has another one. I apologize, AJ, for the back-to-back-to-back here, but I have a lot of interesting thoughts that I would like to hear from Aaron Rodgers. The refs, okay, obviously your interaction there with the Whitecap, I don't know, he's saying, and maybe he's getting information in there, and you obviously can't say anything. Joey Bosa came out last night and actually said that a ref was blind, had to be blind. I have no idea how that happened. Said that publicly, he's going to get fined for that. You can't say that. You're the reigning MVP of the NFL. How do you think we fix the officiating thing, and is it a problem that needs to be fixed in your eyes, in, in your interactions with these refs? I don't think so. I think it's a really tough job, first and foremost. I think it is a really tough job. I think we can help them uh, but we need more uh, more people in that conversation on what the best way to do it is. Right now there's a rules committee, right, and that's made up of owners, and then they give the recommendations down. And I think there maybe needs to be some more players involved. The biggest problem, in my opinion, I think most people can agree with this, if we think about some of the best refs from the last couple of decades, right, and, and I'm obviously slightly biased, but the majority of them are on TV, right? I'm talking about... Uh, you know, Gene Senator is on TV, and Terry McCauley's on TV, and who's the guy uh, from last night who's on? Uh, the, the John ESPN? Perry. John Perry. Um, Dean Blandino, uh, Mike Pereira. You know, these are guys who are really, really, really talented referees, but they're getting paid more on TV than they would by the league. So we're hurting ourselves, I think, as a league by not having the best of the best who move on still be associated in a way where New York has to rule on some of these plays and we're not going back to the best of the best. Uh, I think the last couple you know, guys that we've had in that position, we're not, uh, we're not anywhere near as talented as the guys that I just mentioned. But the issue is TV's paying these guys a lot more than the league does. So if the league wants to clear things up, maybe taking these stud reps who have moved on and retired and putting them in a position of influence that can clean up some of the mistakes that, that are made. And it's not a lot of mistakes, but one or two at a, you know, in important times, that's when the conversation gets amped up and everybody's talking about this thing. I don't believe we have a referee problem. I love the fact that there is... Uh, you know, the human element in it. Um, but in ways that we can help them with those bang-bang calls and those important reviews, I think it's important uh, that we have the best of the best in the booth making those, uh, aiding with those decisions. I think Gene Steratore has offered more money and less stress. And the same with Blandino, Pereira, John Perry. Hey, we'll double your income. And also, you don't have to worry about getting booed out of a fucking stadium yeah. anymore. You actually get cheered whenever you come on and say, these refs are wrong, actually. what a, I don't know how you, you turn that. You're right. I don't know how they stop doing that. I would do it every single time. Sorry, AJ, go ahead. Well, what can they do other than just raising their salary? I know Pat and I had talked about that earlier, I think, last week. But, yeah, you, if you 
make the salary bigger, there's going to be a bigger pool that want to become officials. But would you do anything with technology or anything? Like, how? What could you add? I mean, it's tough because you don't really want to go down the. I don't think the the route of of uh, being able to adjust uh, subjective calls. You know, they tried to do a little bit with pass interference, and it became kind of a fiasco because it was like. What is the determining factor? How much contact is enough contact, or how much is not you know is not enough contact to, to either pick up a flag or, or throw a flag? It's tough with those uh, what, some more subjective calls. There are objective calls, but still, you know, I think the majority of the calls that happen in a game are subjective calls. There, you know, it's it's it, holding. What is holding? You know, I think it's. <laughs> It can get into the subjective realm, uh, play to play, you know, interference, illegal contact, um, you know, blocking the back. Some of these calls. Taunting. God, this is the worst. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, that, it, again, and that's that's coming from the rules uh, committee that doesn't involve players having, you know, recommendations on it. It's the same thing when they change all the offseason stuff and you, and you have these lawyers who wouldn't allow us to use a football for the two first two weeks of camp. And it's like. Who wrote this stuff? I mean, who is sitting there going, okay, first two weeks, no footballs. So we're at football practice. Yeah. And we can't use a football. No. Okay. Okay. So then what do we do? You act like you have a football. Well, if we let you use a football, then people are going to abuse it. And everything has to be crystal clear in this disclosure agreement. Okay. We're still playing football, though, right? <laughs> well, you know what? if you're a kicker or punter, you can go over to a high school and actually use one of their fields. But we're not going to insure you injury-wise if you go over there and hurt yourself. Oh, it makes sense. Perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. I remember thinking, oh, so this place that has a net, security, equipment managers that can help me get better, I'm not allowed to kick here for two weeks. I have to go to a high school that has probably no net, not that I need security, but potential other people on the field and everything like that because that benefits me. That's good for me? Yeah, yeah, it's good for all players. It's good for your player. That's good for you. Oh, okay. That makes fucking sense. All right, yeah. I'm not coming for the first two weeks. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be somewhere I'm going to be somewhere else kicking balls, I guess. It's a, there's a lot of those that's when the legalese get involved when there's a human element involved. You know what I mean? And that's everything in this world, not just the NFL by the way. We're dealing with that everywhere else that we go into business with. What's the worst thing that could potentially happen or has happened before that has potentially fucked somebody over in the past? Okay, well that has to be a part of the contract. Now, well, now you're also taking out like the day-to-day, -day, hey, I'll do this because we have a good deal shit. It's just it's a different time in the world. Aaron you know it's you gotta be here now though you gotta be here now you're right man I'm so glad you read that book too that's that's really meaningful to me you just you're becoming such a reader well I'll tell you what this is the first book I've ever heard of that is a fucking calendar though you know what I mean like you gotta turn this some bitch sideways it. it's a picture book man it's it's an easy read you only have to read like you know a, a few uh, a few dense pages everything else is, is beautiful artwork. is that english what is that well that's interesting because it is a couple of these and i have enjoyed his writings by the way shout out to ram das i have enjoyed the hell out of his writings it's kind of like those 3d photos you know where there's a bunch of things on it you cross your eyes and then like something <laughs> pops up a couple of these pages you got to do that to find the words that are being hidden by like goats and donkeys and shit <laughs> so it has been it has been a little bit of that you know what i mean you have to kind of close your eyes but the messaging is amazing and we'll get to the aaron Rodgers book club here in a little bit still more conversation obviously go ahead tysh 
But Aaron, going back to your athleticism, I mean, you turned the Jets out, dusted TJ Watt off the edge there for that touchdown. Thought you were going to get another one later in the game uh, with Randall there. Are we looking at maybe a little more zone read uh, read option next week and for the rest of the season? And also, given your proclivity for Game of Thrones, have you seen the new trailer for the uh, Targaryen prequel that's coming out? Are you in it? Yeah, and when? what episode will you be on it? <laughs> if I'm in it, I'll be in the penultimate episode. I'm kind of a penultimate guy. <laughs> Good words. The Office, the Office and Game of Thrones. I'm only, I don't want to be in the last episode. No, no, second to last. Second to last. Uh, well, I will say this. You know, I did hear this morning, I was very, very excited to hear that, you know, they track us with these, uh, you know, speed trackers, right? And uh, Coach Giz, strength coach, said that I had uh, the uh, highest acceleration. Wow. No big deal. What? I said, what was I at, like 23 miles an hour? He said, well, it was about miles an hour, and you weren't that high in that. But the acceleration change was was really good. I said I don't know what that means, but I, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna share it with Pat and the boys. So I'm really, <laughs> explosive! Really, You're explosive. Really proud of that. Yeah. Uh, no, you know I, I I would have loved to hit Randall on that one, but uh, look, every now and then you run it in. The best part about the the rushing touchdown that probably not many people would see or know was I ran in the end zone. I did a little uh, ode to Jimmy Graham spike. And then a little tiny belt that nobody really saw. And Randall was on my right, and he kind of pointed at the stands, you know, to take the Lambo leap. And I said, uh-uh, that's way too high. <laughs> that's, that's, that's too high. I can't do it. So my apologies to the front row there. Uh, uh, it just wasn't the, right, wasn't the right game. I wasn't ready, you know. I didn't uh, – I gotta wait till I'm I'm back, you know, in the power lift, getting 400 on the on the bar again. Once I'm I'm back in those in those numbers, I'll be ready to. Hey, I'm sick of hearing this. Okay, did I trip myself? He's saying mm. I can't get up. I'm gonna look like Schefter doing the Lambo leap. He's thinking no, after I having never said the that. what's that? <laughs> what's that? I never said that. I didn't. I didn't mention it looking like a unathletic, weak chin, no ass. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you said it. Uh, anyways, you need to stop dotting yourself. You're underneath that squat rack. You're all the way fucking back, dude. Explosive you didn't trip yourself. Ever. You're explosive. You're the most. You're the most explosive guy on the field on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, dude. I think yeah. I think I you know shot my load there, getting uh, you know getting out of the pocket. Now a whole lot left. It's very timely. A whole lot left. Man. Uh, speaking of shooting a load potentially too quickly. <laughs> I, you don't have to speak about this, but it has been a, it has been a, uh, a topic of conversation. Nice transition. On this particular show. I mean, honestly, it was the first thing I thought of. Okay. If you had to talk about the differences between coaching in college and coaching in the NFL, would one of the biggest things not be when you're talking in the NFL, you're talking to your peers whenever it comes to football IQ, drive, being around, maturity, everything like that. It's much harder to potentially lie 
to an NFL locker room than maybe a college locker room that's a little bit younger and also their entire futures are controlled by the person that's talking. Isn't communication like one of the biggest things a head coach is going to have to have if he makes his way into the NFL? And didn't we all think that going from college to NFL is going to be difficult if you try to treat people differently? Rumors out of Jacksonville, and this has nothing to do with you, but I think you can paint the overall picture about what an NFL locker room is that Urban tried to, allegedly, this is sources, tried to lie about the situation basically and the entire locker room laughed him out of meetings allegedly. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, that is not the case. Would coaching in the NFL be vastly different than college because of that little thing that probably happens on a daily basis that the people you're talking to are just grown-ass men? Is that not something that should be considered when you take a job in the NFL? Yes. Thank you. All right, good. It, uh, it definitely should be. I think one of the biggest differences is in college, you call your coaches coach. In the NFL, you call them by their name. Now, that might seem like a small detail uh, to some, but it's not to those of us who played. And, and the understanding is there's not a fear. You know, there's a fear in college that this person controls my ability to move on and play this game professionally. Uh, and in an instant, I can go from a first-round pick to an afterthought, and this person could trash me to any team calling. So there is a healthy fear. I never had that with Coach Tedford. I called him coach, but I had a ton of respect for him. And the way that he brought it every single day and led, he treated us uh, like uh, men, and um, and there wasn't this weird, uh, you know, I'm your superior authoritarian deal. You know, it was, it was, and it wasn't this rah-rah bullshit too that you see a lot coming out uh, from a lot of it. It was very like direct and relatable stuff. And that's why I always, I think everybody that played for coach really appreciated that. But in NFL, it's, it's Matt and it's Nathaniel and it's Luke and it's, you know, some guys go by their last name, you know, Steno and Buckus and Ben Sermons and, uh, you know, and, and, and Vrabel, you know, it's like, you don't, you know, it's not coach this and that. So there's, and it's not the disrespect. It's just that we are professionals. We are both getting paid professionally to do this. I'm getting paid and you're getting paid and we're both going to respect each other and respect the roles you're coaching. I'm playing, but there's a level of respect that's earned in the league and it's earned through communication and honesty and, and work ethic and discipline. Um, uh, and that, that, that's not given freely. I think in college, you, this is automatic. Like I got to respect and fear my coach because, you know, he can make one, you know, sweep of his hand and I'm out of here. NFL is like, nah, can't do that. <laughs> You're probably going to be gone before me, dog. And that's what I was talking about when we were talking about coming too quick. And I was talking about the oh. potential urban era. Oh, right. Oh, the yeah. end coming too yeah. quick, obviously, is that's great transition. But I appreciate that answer because I think that is something he – in this, I don't want to dive. This is not your team, obviously, so I'm putting you in a terrible spot. He was not on the team plane after a game. Like, I don't, I don't even understand how that even happens. They're going to have to figure that whole thing out. It's wild. Going to be tough to get the locker room back, I think. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Aaron, you posted a pretty sweet photo of you getting introduced on Sunday. How awesome was that to be able to go back out there with the fans in the stands after not having them for a year during introductions? Yeah, man, there's, there's really nothing like it. We have uh, a, a lot of... Uh, music playing now in the tunnel and there's the smoke and the green lights which is cool 
the thing that I do miss a little bit, kind of being there for so long, is there's nothing like that initial first few steps. And I always like to be just a tad bit early. I think that being on the other side where you're waiting for the guys to come out, it's always kind of weird when they introduce the person and it's like a beat and a beat. Oh, and then they come running out. So I'm always like on the front end of that. Smart. But, but when you exit that tunnel and you hear the ovation, man, it's a special feeling. But the cool thing, too, is that I always I like doing uh, low fives on the way through. And to see the guy's faces when I am running through and then immediately transition, you know, into the uh, in the low fives through the uh, through the lines is, is, is pretty fun. But there's nothing there's nothing like that feeling when you get introduced and miss that for sure. You know, being away from that for over a year. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, Aaron, Last question, by the way. There, was, you, there was a moment uh, pre-snap on Sunday where you and Arthur Mollett, number 35, he's the nickel. Um, I believe you had to call a timeout. Uh, and then there was you guys were laughing after and talking. What happened there? Uh, what did he, he, he didn't say anything like, uh, wasn't he shit talking or anything? He was just, you know, sometimes the defense thinks that you're, you know, you're calling a timeout because of something that they did or some look or something. And most of the time it's, Hey, maybe we didn't even call a play in the huddle. We were just trying to, <laughs> we were trying to waste some time or maybe, you know, we had a late substitution and we didn't have a play or, or maybe it's, yeah, maybe every now and then the defense, the look that we got isn't great for the for the play, or maybe somebody's misaligned, or it could be a number of, of things. But but uh, I don't know. I love the interaction. That's what that's what's so special about the game. You know, just breaking the huddle and hearing the chatter and, and making eye contact with certain guys. I mean, I, I had one of the best of all time to interact with. You know, twice a year for a number of years, and Brian Erlacher. and I think that just yeah. he kind of he kind of scarred me because he compare everybody else to playing against him and the shit that he would say and how funny he was out there but but it's i do enjoy those interactions with the with the other guys and it was you know i was just i don't know if you said yeah 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 you, yeah you guys you know we were coming for you yeah you caught a call time out on that and i just i don't know he's just okay cool man <laughs> you were in their huddle at one point i think during an injury you were like in the defensive huddle almost and they were zoomed on your face and you were just laughing and smiling it was it was it looks like you're having the time of your life uh, and I want to let you know, I've been having a time in my life picking up on all these goddamn books. You know what I mean? As a kid, I never read a book. It was something I uh, did not have an advanced reader level thing. I did not ever open the box of books I was given at West Virginia University whenever I was uh, so fortunate to be on scholarship and they would give me my books. I never even opened the tape. I would ret return it in its exact fashion. But ever since the Aaron Rodgers Book Club has started, I've been reading through all these great, great great books from the alchemist to where men win glory to the giver to obviously rom dosses this thing was awesome to read kind of put me in a nice mental state and and now it is time for one of the most anticipated things of the week for all of us insane book nerds aj hawk and myself were trying to text last night to guess what this book's gonna be ladies and gentlemen the fifth installment the fifth book of the aaron Rodgers book club is marijuana the four agreements oh i thought that was dope is that dope it's no it's not dope bro it's <laughs> the four agreements it's by don miguel ruiz and it's a staple for let me turn the light down here so you can see me a little better you do look good in there by the way there we go. 
There we go. It looks like that. Uh, the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. It's a wisdom book. It's a simple, simple read. It's 140 pages. You could easily read it in a week, Pat. Of course. But um, in this genre of self-help, it is, uh, it's a book that I think everybody can relate to. And there's four agreements, and this is not a spoiler alert because they're in the front, uh, they're on the front flap. But it's be impeccable with your word. <clears throat> Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions, and always do your best. So very simple, simple words of wisdom. But Don is a, a you know, really good writer, and uh, this book has been uh, millions of copies have been read, and it's one that I always recommend for people. And I say, hey, you know, I need a, a self-help book. Uh, what would you recommend? And I say, well. Once you start with the four agreements, because it can relate to just about any part of your life. And, you know, I think for me, in my own growth, you know, the one that, uh, you know, being impeccable with your word, I've always enjoyed, you know, honesty. And uh, that's such an important part of communication. But don't take anything personally is a great one that he talks he talks about. And that's just, you know, the idea of being a victim or being sensitive about things said about you. And I think it's one that we all struggle with. I think that's the, the motivation for most comments on social media, that somebody has said something, and then somebody takes it personally, and then they have to fire back. It's this constant back and forth between people. But um, The Four Agreements, fantastic book. This has been, you know, this is a lot of pressure to, to have to do 18 of these. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it. But... Um, but I'm excited about it. I'm also excited how my books right here on the left side, I guess, yeah, yeah. just kind of intertwine with uh, these over here. With the <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're a big books. book show. This is a big book show. Aaron, I know you're feeling a lot of pressure because you only got 18 weeks or that's a lot of weeks to pick out what the best book of the week is. And The Four Agreements sounds like I already read it. You just kind of broke it down for me. But I will dive into it. Of course, we might have the biggest book club going. And by we, I mean you, legitimately. We checked out records and everything like that for the people that have bought the Aaron Rodgers Book Club shirt at store.patmagvishow.com where all money will go to a reading advocacy group or a foundation of Aaron Rodgers choosing. The amount of shirts that we've sold in comparison to what the records are for book clubs, I think we potent you potentially have something like Maybe the biggest book club going right now, dude. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel, I feel good about it because, you know, Oprah... I don't think it's doing maybe her book club the same. Obama has a lot of book recommendations I've seen over the years, but he's not president. So I feel like we are, you know, we're the premier we're the book club kind of out front right now. Yeah, we're so the I'm premier book sure, club. I'm not sure who can rival us at this point, but I feel like Andrew Cuomo might have one. He All wrote right. a book. Too. All right. Yeah. All right. Jesus Urban might as well, I guess. Huh? That's Dick's yeah. guy. Sorry, Aaron. That's Dick's yeah. guy. Well, anyways, and look at the depths of the book club just in the first four weeks. You got The Alchemist, obviously, about the universe. Of course. Right. Where men win glory, just like American yep. Hero Story of Pat Tillman. Uh -huh. Let alone the giver. Hey, the uh -huh. old man. Oh, oh, oh man, the kid. Oh, my God. And then Ram Dass, the calendar book. Wow. And now we got the four agreements. I mean, let's go. Aaron, we can't thank you enough. Uh, I hope you had an incredible time. Can't wait to see what you uh, go squat, maybe for Hundo today on the power lift. And uh, we appreciate you, brother. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, man. I love the tank top, as always, man. Looking good. Sleeveless hoodie, actually. You see that? I have a hood on this one. It's blue because uh, it makes, my wife said, makes my eyes look better. You know, oh. I, feel, I, I feel bad, Pat. I did want to, you know, uh -oh. bust something out real quick. But Wait, Bob Ritchie. Oh, come on! Oh. Joining us now is a man who's a general manager in the NFL. Uh, he was a... 
coaching advisor, I think, in the New England Patriots organization for a long time. I wish we would have had him on before the Brady-Belichick Bowl, but that's 100% on me uh, for forgetting to call and ask him about some of the stories that were coming out that have now been debunked, I think, by both Bill and Brady, which Mm -hmm. is very fascinating. A man who is a writer for the Daily Coach, host of the GM Shuffle podcast in the Lombardi line, and the man who kind of stirred up the news this morning about his sources saying it could get ugly down in Jacksonville. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Yeah! Hello, What's up, guys? Hi, Zahn. How, How you doing? doing? How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm doing really good. Hey, Thank you. Hey, this morning, it's great to have you. We miss you around here. You know it. Let's just move on, though. All right? You look fantastic. It's great to see you. Um... Your tweet this morning saying that things could get ugly or might get ugly, stay tuned in Jacksonville, which led to a Michael Silver report about what players have been saying. So I would assume, I don't know if a player is your source, I'd assume that's not the case, but now it feels like multiple parts of the building are starting to get the same feeling down in Jacksonville, if these sources are accurate, yours and Michael Silver's. What is your your thoughts on how this whole thing pans out and what are you hearing as of this moment? I think a lot of this is about money, right? I think this is more about money than Urban going to continue as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars beyond this season. I don't know if Urban will make it through the season. He might. I don't know if he'll make it to the next game. He might. But I do know that I think this is problematic on both parts. I think that it doesn't fit. I think the Khan family realizes it. Today I tweeted that about there's a lot of closed doors meetings. Last night, it was relayed to me that uh, Urban was concerned they were trying to get him on cause. And that permeated through the building. And I got a text about that late last night about perhaps they're going to try to fire him for cause. I don't know if they're trying to do that. I do know that for cause means they don't have to pay him. Right. Yeah. This is really what I do know. This is essentially going to become about money because I think there's going to be a divorce. I, I don't think that that press release you know, illustrated any support towards Urban and the regime that's going on so far down there in Jacksonville. And I think it's a lot of problems. And I think that that was craftily worded by a lot of legalese people, smarter than I am. But I do think the issues in the building, the closed door meetings, the concerns about all those things, starting with the fact that in in my 35-year NFL career, I have never, ever, been on a team plane where the head coach wasn't coming back with me. Never. I mean, like the, that, if I would have been the general manager of Jacksonville, I would have said, Urban, you got a lot of money. Fly home with us, go into the hangar, and then fly a plane back to Cincinnati if it's that important to you. Like, yo, this is this is as much about your commitment to our team, you're staying in, in the trenches with us, than it is anything. And to do what he did to me, beyond going to the, the forget the going to the, the hanging out, all that. That's that's something he's got to deal with himself. This message he sends is horrendous. I agree. And speaking of the message you're talking about, Shad Khan, in which you felt that a lot of legalese was potentially in there as you get a phone call, maybe from a source, you might want to answer that. <laughs> Bring that statement back up so we can read it to the listeners that maybe didn't see it. Shad Khan had a statement from his notes section via Ian Rappaport's Twitter account. I've addressed this matter with Urban. Specifics of our conversation will be held in confidence. What I will say is his conduct last weekend was inexcusable. I appreciate Urban's remorse which i believe is sincere now he must regain our trust and respect that will require a personal 
commitment from Urban to everyone who supports, represents, or plays for our team. I am confident he will deliver. This is not a statement that you want to be delivering about your head fucking coach in the NFL, first of all. Uh, but no. second of all, it sounds like, Shad, now even if there is legalese in there, maybe Urban Meyer does have a chance to kind of build back his credibility down there and get back on the vision that he and Shad Khan had whenever they decided to invest, I think like hundreds hundreds of millions of dollars in the area around the stadium yes. and we're going to build Jaguar land and Duval and all this. I mean, there was an entire vision about turning around. It was a couple years they've been talking since a Big Ten conference in Illinois a couple years back and he'd been advising Shad and then now they're having to deal with this type of thing. So maybe he is able to win it back, but you've been in for 35 years. I was only in an NFL locker room for eight years. Once those guys think you're completely full of shit, you can't lie to an NFL locker room. Like That's just not something that happens. So I'm surprised that that was his angle you know what i mean yeah. Pison? i mean look the, the problem is one of the key components of leadership is called management of trust the players have mm. to trust you you can be an asshole you just have to be a consistent asshole yep you could be you know if it, it doesn't really matter if they trust you're an asshole they'll, they'll they'll trust it but if you're an asshole to somebody and then you're not to somebody else you lose their trust and, and I think he's lost their trust. I think he's in a job that he wasn't really fully prepared for. You know, I, I don't mean this in any disrespect to the University of Indiana or anywhere, but at the NFL, there's no easy games on your schedule. Whoa, you don't whoa, get Indiana whoa, next week. You, know, you, you don't get Purdue next week. You know, it's hard. It's hard. And, and every coach on the staff is intellectually challenged to match it. And if you can't walk into the key meeting room and say, look, here's what I want to do on defense. Here's what I want to do on offense. When all you're concerned about is really who's being recruited, I think it's a job that he probably shouldn't have taken. I mean, he's best for college where he can control the recruiting element and he can sign five stars, which is what he loves. And as opposed to trying to play tactical football coach. He's there, you know, because there was a little bit of a belief, it felt like. It felt like some Jaguars, even players and Everybody was kind of buying in. You know, we're not we're not elite is too much. We're going to live on the edge down here. And oh, yeah. I want certain players that are on the edge. And he would give a press conference and he would say, you know, in the NFL, I don't even get to meet with these guys before we sign them. I'd like to meet everybody and learn about them. And people are like, yeah, yeah, Urban's right. Like, we should change the way the NFL is. I mean, there was like at a time, I think people thought this was going to go really well. Did you expect him to fail this quickly? I did not. To be, I, I thought he was going to struggle. I thought he was just going to be middle of the road, you know, just kind of middle of the road. But after four weeks into this thing, and that's not a lot of time, by the way. We got 17 games in a season. I think he signed a five-year deal. That is, there is still a lot of road ahead, potentially, in which one. But it seems like this has been a disaster, Lombo. A disaster. Yeah, I, I mean, it had all the earmarks of a disaster. First of all, you know, just look at his staff. I mean, Joe Cullen's a wonderful man. He's never called defenses before in his life. It's a hard job, right? He hires a defensive coordinator. He brings Charlie Strong in, who was a former head coach. The offensive staff's got Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer, two guys that one guy was fired for the other guy in Seattle. You know, Bevel's West Coast. Schottenheimer's more of the North Turner system. They can blend it together, but they don't play tempo. I mean, I think it's really it, the mismatch of the staff told me that Urban really didn't prepare for pro football. You know, when you walk 
walk in, when Jimmy Johnson walked into Dallas, he had a complete defensive staff. He had Tony Wise as his offensive line coach. He hired David Shula to be his quarterback coach, but and then he made that mistake, and eventually he went to Norv. But his staff was what he wanted it to be, and it was college guys that took their college game to the pro. When Jimmy came in the league, everybody said, you can't play quarters coverage. And Jimmy proved them all wrong. You could. And now everybody plays quarters. But the reality here is Jimmy had a football staff that he brought with him. Urban's not that guy. Urban's a recruiter. And recruiters don't last in the National Football League. It's a chess match because the talent level is the same. It's player development. It's about how are we going to get the best out of our players. It's scheme. It's each week's a different week. That's not the game Urban's going to play. Matt Rule can play that game because that's what Matt's used to. He's a Temple, Baylor. He understands it. Whereas this guy's been at the elite programs. He walks on the field and he's just checking his watch. Well, we'll win by 30 today, maybe 40. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because he's like a CEO there. He gets people into the building, all the best athletes. Let me get the best players in here because I can offer them a lot of incredible things. We have the greatest facilities. Our fan base is incredibly passionate and loyal. They'll show up. This place will be the best place we play in all year. Uh, we're going to win. We're going to do our thing. And you're going to get a degree. Come on in. Okay, cool. I'll come into the factory that is that. And then whenever you just hire an offensive coordinator, hire a defense coordinator, hire a special teams coordinator, then you have a recruiting coordinator. Then you become like a, a figurehead at that point, right? Don't you kind of right. become a figurehead? No doubt. No doubt. I mean, just look. I mean, the whole staff, he hired, he made a mistake on the staff. He had to get rid of the strength coach originally. He was in tune to, insensitive to the to the situation down there. He had to make, He made that mistake. I mean, really what's happening to him, he doesn't have anybody who's advising him on what's going on. Like when you go into the NFL, if you don't have a plan on how you're going to attack this and what you're going to do, and you've studied this league for years, and this is what I want to do, it's not going to work. I mean, Lou Holtz tried to do it. Bud Wilkinson tried to do it. Saban. A lot of college coaches have tried to do it. Nick Saban. Patrino, Nick Saban went Saban. back to college. I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's better in college than it is in the pro. And you've got to be able to convince the players you can solve the problems, right? Because they're counting on you to solve the problems because at the end of the day, they want to make money. And if you can't solve the problems, you get toned out. Yeah, that him getting laughed out of the position groups, by the way, is if that's a real story, that's going to be a tough crowd to face tomorrow if you're Urban Meyer. Yeah. Go ahead, they're, they're not going to believe him, right? They're, no, no hard. way. It, that's why he should have just went in there and said, I got drunk. I fucked up. I apologize, boys. I'm going to move forward. Let's move forward. Let's try to win some games. Everybody be like, all right, cool. But going in there being like... I mean, but 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 again, he doesn't even come back on the team plane. He basically watches his team, you know, have a heartbreaking loss to Cincinnati, right? And and then he doesn't have enough to get on the airplane to fly back and talk to him on the plane, make sure everybody's healthy. Yeah, you know, where are we through. going? What are we doing next week? Here's what we're going to prepare for. Here's how it's going to get better. You work the plane. You know, you got to work the plane flying home. You've seen head coaches do it all the time. They go back there. They sit down with the team leaders. Here's what we're going to do. We'll take a couple days off. We'll come back. You know, we're going to bring it back in here. Meanwhile, he stayed in Cincinnati. I mean, how do you do that? How, how do you even comprehend doing that? that you're the general. You know, you, you don't even go with your troops home. Yeah, I agree completely. And that wasn't made public until the reporter asked the question, by the way. The reporter asked the question and had that in the question. So I think the reporter was also just as surprised as everybody else in the NFL that he wasn't on team plane. I've heard of a couple players maybe sticking around or going to something if it's Thursday night and be who you can afford to be, depending upon how the game went and everything like that. But I couldn't even imagine the head coach, the GM, or whoever just being like, nah. 
Uh, you guys get on that fucking sorry ass plane of losers and think about what you did. I'm gonna stick around and see my grandkids. Oh, and then also, by the way, I'm gonna go get lit. Is that what you guys call it? I'm gonna go get lit at my own place. I just that's a bad series of events for a guy. I mean, bad series of events, and it, it, it just shows you where is his level of understanding and the reality of what he's dealing with as a leader, right? He, you know, he's he doesn't he doesn't think his his decisions through. It's the same thing when he put together the staff. He doesn't think his decisions through. And look, you know this: when you stand in front of the team, you got to convince the team how they're going to win this week. Do you think anybody believes him when he's going to say how they're going to win? I mean, Khan's in a tough spot. He's got five years. He, he's going to have to figure out how to get out of this. And and I think this is more, as I said to begin the show, I think this is a lot more about money than it is about they think he's going to turn this around. Yeah, I think so as well. Can't wait to see how it pans out. And even after the you know, letting your team fly on a plane and you're not doing, which is 35 years in the league. AJ was in Green Bay. I don't think you were ever in Green Bay, were you? No. No. <laughs> I was in Indianapolis. You were never in Green Bay. Green Bay had the same thoughts. You were in, I think, Oakland, Cleveland, New England, oh. and everyone. I mean, could you imagine if Al Davis, if the head coach went over to Al <laughs> Davis and said, I, I, I don't want to get back on the plane. I'm going to stay here and hang out with my – Al Davis would have like, okay, well, you're never coming back. You can just stay right there. Yeah, I stay, mean, actually. Think he about left it. Left him on I the mean, tarmac like Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. well, Lane, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just when I thought Lane had grown up. Just when I thought he grew up. And then he does that thing on Saturday afternoon. Just terrible. Oh, you're talking about dropping the headset and running off. Popcorn ready. Popcorn yeah. ready. And they stared down the camera, by the yeah. way. Imagine if they go and win, though. That is, <laughs> you know what I mean? He knows the game he's playing out there. Uh, we have a few minutes left here with Lombo. Can't thank you enough for joining us, Michael Lombardi. No problem. That Urban Meyer situation is fascinating. Very fascinating. Go ahead, Ty. Lombo, another guy in the hot seat. Naggy relinquishes play <laughs> calling and Bill Lazor. But then in his press conference says, you know, like reminds everyone, hey, I'm the head coach, and I have uh, I have a, a say in what's going on here. And then it comes out that Dalton is still potentially the starter when healthy. Do you think it's a race between him and Urban to see who gets fired first? Like, what the hell is going on in Chicago? Well, I think the McCaskey family probably doesn't want to have to fire. I mean, they should have fired Matt last year. You know, and Ryan Pace, the, you know, the general manager, they brought them both back, shockingly. <laughs> so I, I, I would I would bet money on Urban going before Nagy. But, I mean, Nagy is just – I mean, the problem is the further they get into the Nagy administration, the, the Bears, the left toughness they have, their offense. I mean, look, you, you can beat the Lions. That's great. The Lions have the trifecta. Whoa, They're slow. They can't rush the passer, and they can't cover. That's the Lions, that, baby. Really hey, that's Lions football, baby. Other than that, though, they're great defense. Other than that, they're a great defense. They have the trifecta. <laughs> I mean, they really do. And so when you score 20 points on the trifecta, you know, God, take your, you know, take all the battles you want. I mean, seriously, it's wonderful. But, I mean, Alabama might have put 20. I mean, that's oh, Hey, the people of Detroit do not deserve what's happening to them right now. I'm sorry. I mean, you got to grade what you see. I mean, I'm just telling you, they're slow. They're slow, slow, slow. They can't rush and they can't cover. Other than that, they're fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, Michael, Pat mentioned uh, it earlier, but is everything that we saw about Brady and Belichick complete bullshit? And was that the relationship you saw when you were in New England? Yeah, were you I any of those? Hey, hey, hold on, hold I mean, on, like, hold on. And also, uh, thank you for bringing this up, Connor. Sorry to jump on you, but... Did, after hearing this, did you know who the sources were too? Like, did you guys I know? Couldn't tell, I couldn't tell who. The, I mean, there's probably so many of them coming out. Look, let me say this: I love both, and I've been around both, and I and I talk to both, and I've never experienced both of them not having the greatest respect for one another. 
right? To, and like any great partnership, there's always going to be some disagreement. But I think it was done in a mature fashion. And the one thing I will always say, you know, people say, well, Belichick went into the visiting rocker room. Belichick is not a passive aggressive leader. Belichick is not somebody who's just going to ignore a problem. He's going straight to it. You know, now that conversation is going to be between him and that person. And you'll never know what he said. You will never know. You will never know what that conversation was. But the, the whole thing, it forced me to basically, I muted the game, the entire game I had it on mute. I enjoyed it so much because I didn't want to listen to it. It's just a bunch of noise. It's all this crap that's going out there that people have no knowledge of. Like they built a championship, six championship level team. I mean, and well, you know, Brady did it all, but all the players that were there, what do you think they felt like when they're reading that it was Brady that won six titles? Mm. You know, I mean, do you think they think that was fair to them? So it, 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 to me, it was just a bunch of the media just steamrolling it and they get clicks and, you know, and, and you oh, know, there's you certain go. media outlets in this country that love to create the story as opposed to report the story. That is fascinating to think about. That is the state of the media. You're not the first person to say that. But I do recall whenever uh, Lucas Oil Stadium was being called the house that Peyton built, there was some uh, potential Hall of Famers that were flanking him that were like, Kind of fucked up, but also, I guess, reality. And now there's a statue of old buddy out mm -hmm. there and everything like that. Well, let me ask you this question, Pat. I mean, and I say this, and I love Tom to death, but if only one player could win Super Bowls, if it was only the quarterback, if it was only one, Peyton would have 10. Because I, 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 there's nobody better than Peyton. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he won one with the Colts. And so it takes a team. It takes a village. And that's what I think everybody misses. It takes what Brady's greatest, Brady's greatest uh, achievement that he was able to do for the Patriots was he allowed himself to be coached just like every player. That allowed the, the, the whole excellence to come out, the standard of excellence, the performance. That's what Brady, Brady by doing that, allowed the Patriots to build the Patriot way. And I said, That's tremendous. Yeah, that's a trait, by the way. That's a talent that not a lot of people will be able to have, especially whenever you're getting into your late 30s and you're already counted as the greatest of all time. That is something that right. not a lot of people would be able to have. That is a trait that should be talked about. Last question here. We only got like a minute left. Go ahead, Diggs. Okay. Wombo, how come, what's the reason why Gruden's teams are always better in the first half? first two months of the season and then they fall apart late well because they run out you know like he auditions his new stuff and then they don't, don't really change you know and then they don't adapt and people get a chance to look at him on tape and i think what really what we saw in the first three games their offensive line i think we saw it last night it's not as good as everybody thought it was they got pushed around last night they got beaten to the punch last night and, and I think once that quarterback gets hit like he did earlier in the game, he kind of doesn't play as well as typically he should. I thought he was going to be – he was on his way to an MVP season. But last night he didn't look like the same player because he got roughed up a little bit. They were coming after him. And they that was, were really coming after him. The penalty on Joey Bosa yeah. that for the unsportsmanlike conduct. I mean, Joey Bosa got grabbed and tackled back there. It was horrible. But I think that's the issue. And then I don't know how good they really are on defense. I really don't. Well, I think the interesting thing about Derek Carr is, is that a bad night or is that an actual plan? Because Joey Bosa came out afterwards and said, hey, we know if we just muddy up the pocket a little bit, Derek Carr is going to get a little bit antsy in there. We love Hey, good person, good football player. <laughs> yeah. We're just telling you. I, I, I couldn't disagree with what Joey said. I think that's the thing on Derek. He's got to prove people wrong on that. And if you hit him early, and as Al Davis said, the quarterback must go down and he must go down hard in the first quarter that I think that that's right. I think you saw that in the game. They played that way, and his eye level came down. 
Third and five, he throws that check down over there. His eye level's down. That's what worries you. Uh, you know, it worries me not having enough of you in our, in our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the GM Shuffle Pod, writer of the Daily Coach newsletter, and also the Lombardi line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, an award-winning author as well, <laughs> Michael Lombardi. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is presented by Arby's. Yeah. This week, Arby's has an important PSA for everybody to hear, even you guys in Columbus, Ohio, AJ. Oh, he's uh, muted. Uh, People are lying out here. They are climbing around why, why when it comes. Okay, I'm not good. Continue. I'm sorry. Jesus. Why are you muted? You think? I don't know. You talk to Zeke, right? Or, or Nick? Eddie. Yeah, it's Nick. This guy. Well, no wonder you're muted, dude. Why'd you? Oh, because of what he just said. Sick of his shit. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> hey, you do what you got to do. But back to the PSA that does matter. Yeah. yeah. Even you stooges in Columbus, Ohio, need to hear this. Hmm. People are lying out here. They're clowning around when it comes to rib sandwiches. Oh! At Arby's, you don't have to worry about getting a restructured patty into the shape of a rib. Okay. No. At Arby's, you feast on their new, real, country-style rib sandwich. Oh, Smoked yeah. low and slow for at least eight hours. Smoked over real hickory wood at a smokehouse in East Texas. Whoa! Whoa. Texas? Yeah, down there in East Texas. Okay. They're smoked low and slow oh, yeah. for at least eight hours down there in a smokehouse in East Texas. Let's go. The real country-style rib sandwich is whole muscle meat, and it is absolutely delicious. Hold yourself to a higher standard and go get yours today. Tweet us a picture of you eating yours or you with yours with the hashtag PMS Pork Rib, and you can win. Maybe some Arby's gift cards. What? Maybe some Arby's meat suits. What? Maybe oh. some Arby's happiness. What? You get it. Hashtag PMS pork ribs. And whenever our pork rib, whenever we say this, we mean this. We tried it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yes. I posted it on my Instagram story without knowing that Instagram was done. It ended up actually getting posted four or five hours later. And I had a bunch of people saying, what is that? That looks delicious. What is it? I'm like, no, this is not just looking delicious. It tasted fantastic. Oh, Arby's gets a lot of heat by people that never ate at Arby's, I don't think. Yeah. And maybe sometimes some of their sandwiches have looked like shit in a photo or something like that. You're going to deal with that in a sandwich game. But these country-style pork rib sandwiches, oh, unfucking believable You shouldn't be able to get slow-cooked ribs from a, a oh, place like Arby's no. that's that good. You shouldn't be able to do it. Here we are. A lot of people asking, like, did the Arby's country-style rib sandwich make you... Blow the bottom out of a toilet. Nope. It did not. No, no, no. It didn't. It did not. It tasted fantastic. Yeah. Go get yours today. I believe this was an answer to a potential other company having a, you know, a rib type sandwich. Yeah. And then Arby's, we have the meats, the actual meats, 45 different types of meats or whatever the number is. And we have sandwiches. We want to make an actual one. Let's get down to East Texas and, and sample out all these ribs. They did right. good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did good. They did good. They did good, actually. Did you get one yesterday? They sent some to the office. Did you get one? Uh, no, they didn't send them to my office, so no. I will, I'll go out and get it myself. I like to pay for it. You know, I don't need it free. That's very nice of you. I mean, we definitely had to pay for it, and we only door-dashed it. It did show up at the house. They did not send it. I guess technically an Arby's at some point did send it, but we did try it. Yeah, uh-huh. delicious. It was very good. The mayo, really. Oh, yeah. Brought it home. Oh, those crispy onion strings on oh. top. Slathered in BBQ sauce. Oh. What? What? I need another. Joining us from his attic in... Columbus, Ohio, the home of Urban Meyer's Pint House 
and whiskey bar. College football national champion, Super Bowl champion, and Ryder Cup champion, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. AJ, how you doing, man? I think you left one out. I think he was at Urban Meyer's Chop House, like the steakhouse part. I I was unaware of this place. I think there's like three almost separate spots. What's that, Chops? (laughs) Yep, there you go. What? He's at his Chops at Chop House? Er, Well, yeah, Chops Urban Meyer, I guess, was at Urban Meyer's Chop House. I'm I'm unaware of this facility. I've not been to that one. Hey, just real quick. Your father-in-law's name is Chopper, and he calls everybody Chops and Chops. Does he ever go to Urban's Chop House? Does Chops go to the Chop House? I would have to ask Chopper if he has been there. I mean, Chopper's real name is Tyrone, but he goes by Chopper and he calls everybody else Chopper. You're right. In forms of Chopper. Chop. Chops. Chops. Yeah, all different kinds. I believe you said, how's it going, Chops, to me? <laughs> nice. When I saw him on a Appreciate shadowy uh, uh, patio in his front porch, sitting chair. on a rocking chair all <laughs> by himself. I was like, oh, my God, this is a movie right Legend. now. Sam, excuse me. I got to go shake the hand of a man that I've heard about. Hey, Chops. Stood up, had full conversation. Good guy. Great guy. I do not know he was at the Chop House. So Urban has a um, a pine house where you drink those the finest of locally brewed beers. What? what? He has a whiskey. Whiskey bar where I'll tell you what you it, they say it's hard to find a old Pappy Van Winkle not at Urban's fucking whiskey place. <laughs> no, he's got it all down there, and then he also has got the best hinden uh, for the cows over there at the wow. Chop House. There it is. Wow! wow. On the corner, it's prime real estate, prime spot. I think yeah, There's I think the whiskey up? bar is connected. Is is part of the Chop House though? Is that next door where uh, they yeah, yeah, yeah. show one of the dance floor? I should stay at the chop house, should have stuck with the meat and the potatoes. I went over to the goddamn whiskey place, and all of a sudden, Pappy starts rolling a little bit, Jack, a little bit, Acres Mar. And then we got this Meyer Reserve that I fucking had made down there on the road down there. And then he starts dancing, one thing turns to another, and then all of a sudden, he's fired by Wednesday. Is that that what potentially happened in Columbus? Is that that how it went down over there? I mean, it's it's not looking great. That's for sure. We hear of all these meetings going on behind the scenes. They're looking for cause, possibly. I don't know what's going to happen. And I, what are those play like? What does practice look like tomorrow when they get on the field on Wednesday? I would assume it's very similar to how my reaction was when I came back to the field after my public intoxication the morning of when I showed up and they were in the middle of practice. I did put my jersey on though. It was very nice of me. I think there was nobody inside when I got there. I was like, this is not good. And I had to do a long walk. It's almost like uh, Coach Caldwell put them on the farthest field on purpose. They were on the farthest field away, so I had to walk across the whole thing, you know. And there was a couple like. Hey, good to see you. There good he is. Good to see you. Hey, Bill Pauling wants to meet with you, but hey, it is good to see you. And then that was it for that day of practice for me. I was obviously met and then sent home for a week or whatever. Uh, that was obviously a great conversation. But I think there's a couple moments where, you know, he's staring. And this is the difference between college and pros. This is the men's league. He's staring men in the eyes as he walks into that team meeting and I assume there's little stairs down to where he's t- because it's like a uh, you know like a theater and auditorium type setup I'd assume that's how every team meeting is set up him walking that door opening him walking down their steps I would love to be in there with this fucking guy there he is and if he doesn't just buy into that like if what he's saying to allegedly Mike Silver's breaking of NFL if he's walking into the position groups he's like even though the guys have seen the videos okay the guys know everything guy in the nfl guys know everything it's stephen a hasn't seen it. he's only read about it he said that today on first yeah. sure. <laughs> okay. well it's hard to read I, I don't know and i do feel bad 
Because I don't know if you're reading it, it's like you're a blind person with Braille, you know. Like yeah, so, yeah. Stephen A is choosing just to read. The a segment was set up. You, you set a set. Those segments are pre-planned usually too. Oh, so you think he had time to potentially see the 30-second alternate angle video that came out just yesterday <laughs> on ass and titties Snapchat account? Yep. Oh, yeah. I don't think he saw the original video. He, he claims, but hey, maybe he. I, I agree. Maybe he just doesn't want to expose himself to stuff like that. So I give him credit. Whatever the case, Stephen A didn't see it, but. Urban was acting like the team didn't see it when he was going into position groups and saying, like, uh, oh, it was just a random woman, you know, I'm so sorry, that whole thing. And then he just walks out of there. And every allegedly, the source says he was laughed out of the rooms by his team. Like, that is, unless they're laughing with you, it sounds like a big laugh at situation. Yeah. If he doesn't buy in, though, to the situation, the reality of it, that team is going to chew him apart. I mean, it is going to become, it is going to be a tough thing, I think, an awkward thing for old Urban, who doesn't control every single moment of these players' lives like he did in college. No, I, I mean, I think if it's true, like what Mike Silver is saying, that he canceled the team meeting and he met with people, individual position groups, which he actually said in his press conference. He said, like, I met with them position groups and individually, so he must have talked to a few guys. So I didn't know if he – I don't know if he canceled the team meeting or not. I think that's a huge thing where players – like, he, it's a missed opportunity where he could have just – if he 100% took ownership, was authentic, and was a bit vulnerable, like, he could have turned the tide, I feel like, and people like, okay – this dude's a human. We understand, and and let's see. Like he's gonna have to prove to us that he's gonna be whatever. Which is kind of what the owner said, I guess. Listen up, boys. All right, you saw it, and that's what this will do to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like I was preaching to you. Okay, I'm a human. I make some mistakes. And I, if you guys are ever in Columbus, the Urban Meyer Whiskey Bar is. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got a place for top notch. The guy that I hired to run it. He's a fucking aficionado. Mm-hmm. This guy's palate is un. Unbelievable the way he can take down these bourbons. He doesn't even know if it's a cork barrel or aluminum or tin or something. It's fucking, we got it all. But anyways, boys, you saw what happened. I drank three of these. All right, that's a lot. Uh-huh. Make bad decisions when you do that. I am so sorry for being a distraction. I didn't mean to do that. I won't do that again. I obviously have some stuff I have to take care of at home. Family's obviously above football in all of our eyes. I have to do this. I have to take care of this. I fucked up. I'm going to make it right, just like I hope you guys will with the group of people that we have brought into this room. We're high character guys. Every once in a while, you fuck up, you slip, you move forward. That's what we're going to have to do. We're 0-4. I haven't handled it right. I don't think uh, I have been that great of a coach i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna do this thing going forward i think the players if he was to do that will be like all right at least this motherfucker is acknowledging the situation okay at least Mm. he's acknowledging the situation that is real as opposed to potentially going in there higher mightier than thou thinking that the players are idiots like that ain't that ain't gonna work i don't know and the players you know that you know the nfl players are not taking like a moral stand like oh i can't believe you would do this they could care that that's not at all the the issue with them it's it's everything surrounding it all i guess it all comes into play but I, man, what is the – do you have a team meeting tomorrow morning? The Wednesday morning, like, install meeting where you go over the overview, how we're going to beat this next team? Like, okay, guys, here we go, Titans. You can't just pop up your PowerPoint deck right off the bat. You're going to have All to address right. it. Everybody keep it down, please. Let's get this meeting started. Thanks. All right, keys to the game. <laughs> Imagine it's I mean, it's honestly, it might happen. Keys to the game here. We've handled this weekend, right? We're past it. Mm-hmm. Keys to the game. <laughs> Random woman. I didn't know her. Okay, I wasn't wrong. The person that filmed me was wrong. Did you see how fucking despicable that was? We're not talking about it. Keys to the game. Special teams, we need not do what we've been doing. Defense, we need not do what we're doing. Offense, we need not do what we're doing. All right, fucking break it up. Let's go out there. What if he just moves? What if he tries to move through these moments as fast as possible? That would be absurd. What a situation he has himself in. This is his fault. I think he should address it head on. Anytime you have a PR crisis or a trust crisis or anything, you need to just dive 
right on into this thing and address it head on and people will at least appreciate it. It sounds like he's a little, he's dancing around a little bit. Have you got any word from anybody else in that building, how they're feeling about the whole thing? I have not. And huh. I have not gotten word. There's, you know, people are, uh, the people I know in the facility are, are, Somewhat quiet right now when I oh. reach out. Oh. To them. Oh. I, I respect the space that they need to, to work through. <laughs> hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, hey, Schleich, what's hey, going come on? on? Come on, come on, Schleich, we still deadlifting? Ha ha ha! You know, trying to <laughs> yeah. trying to open them up a little bit. You know, hey, hey. you know, I did. Te I texted Schleich and said, "Hey, man, good good luck with this. Good luck navigating everything." And he said, "You know me, attack and dominate." With the next one. Okay, let's talk about something other than uh, your friend Urban Meyer. Um, so last night we all picked the Chargers, and uh, you said you were going to pick the opposite. And I was going to say I was going to pick the uh, Chargers, so you would have ended up with an even worse record than you actually did for picking the Chargers. We're all on that side. I think we're all incredibly impressed with Justin Herbert and that entire Chargers squad. Brandon Staley is the head coach. He seems to only speak in coach speak, and by that I mean I think that's like his natural way of operating is like, a head coach, he's supposed to be like, hey, uh, clear eyes, full hearts. Here we go. Hey, yeah, boys. Yeah, hey, here we go. Hey, he's gangster. This is gangster. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think that is like who he naturally is. He's found his calling, and I think he's known it ever since he played in college as a quarterback, by the way. Whoa. Yeah. He's a defensive guru. It's crazy. Uh, Dayton. University of Dayton, you know that? Yeah, he's a flyer diner. He flies around on the offensive side of the ball, and then he hopped on over on a helicopter to the defensive side of the ball, and now he's a quarterback who's a defense coordinator, what? so he's really the perfect head coach candidate, and oh, it yeah. does feel like that is the case with him that same team last year lost a lot of close games now is it them evolving and getting older maybe but also maybe it's just a little shift in the way things are being presented or the way coaching is happening or the relationship between player and coaches and i'm not saying anything about anthony lynn i'm just saying maybe brandon staley was the missing piece for that group to really go to the next level because i think they kept a lot of the same coaching staff as well so i think that Chargers team is going to be fucking awesome to watch. And I think last night was a nice howdy doody. How you doing? This is our home stadium. Even though it's all Raiders fans, we're a good team, though. Well, we had, was it last week that we had Eckler on the show? And when we asked, like, hey, what does Staley do to separate himself? And he was just, he's like, oh, my goodness, like how he presents the plan and how we're going to beat the team. He tells us exactly what we're going to do. And then we go out and we execute it on Sunday. And we do exactly what he said we we're going to do on Wednesday. And it works out like, yeah, players are like, okay, this dude's helping me become a better football player and helping me win games. So however he's getting his message across, it's working. How do you feel about Hunter Renfro kind of fucking up that fake? Unbelievable play by the dude. Great yeah. play. Unbelievable. They only had 10 on the field. Like, that's not his job in that particular situation. Now, if they had all 11 on the field and they were choosing not to leave or not to cover the gunner on that side, then it would be his his eyes to follow the punter if there's a fake that way to break that up. But they only had 10 on the field. He just made an incredible instinct read play and had a break on the ball from 30 yards that he somehow got there after Ty Long, the punter, lasered a ball on the back shoulder of this. I mean, it was a laser beam of a throw. Hunter Renfro's a hell of a football player yeah. out there. He's a great football player. And you know what? I, I, I would guess that Hunter Renfro played multiple sports growing up. I'm sure he uh, – we all would know how great of an athlete he is. This guy, First the routes in. that he runs, just crazy. The China route. I know Greasy talked about a bunch that – yeah, I don't know how you cover that with two or three guys, to be honest. But he – He's, a, he's an athlete. He's a ball player. Go make a play. Figure it out. You don't have to sit there and look at the sidelines. Hey, coach, we only have 10 players. What do I do? I stand here and I freeze. No, he saw something and he made a play. Scrappy. What? Yep. First one in, last one out. What? Coach's son. What? 
lunchbox type of guy. What? Hard hat type of guy. What? Never gonna quit. What? High motor. What? Gritty. What? Fucking at. Surprisingly athletic. What? Good hands. He is Hunter Renfro. Runs perfect routes. <laughs> yeah. Great hands. He's awesome. He's great. Hey, he but what is. I'm saying, I know you're, you're still going with it, which you, can, you can pick it up after, but what I was trying to say is. <laughs> White. I think. What? There we go. Yep. Apparently. I just put the. Uh, but put Hunter the Renfro on. isn't. Uh, I'm saying if he was like a trained athlete that's, that was a specific, hey, this is my sport. I'm going to try to create the perfect football player. Like a lot of times when you do that, you can get this weird like straight line thinking where everything is black and white and this is what I have to do. Zito just did some research. He His dad is a football coach. <laughs> okay. Ah. He is a coach's son. <laughs> he actually, where, like in Alabama or where? Uh, well, are you saying that strictly because how he looks? South it, Myrtle Beach. Wow. Just did some dirty Myrtle, bro. Yes. This Myrtle Beach is one of the greatest places on earth if you want to go ahead and have a dandy of a time. Okay. It is a blast. Going to get a little trashy. Okay. I mean, yeah. it's going to be a little bit trashy. Yeah, Check it out, Urban. Urban Meyer. Oh, jeez. Oh, You'd love there. Myrtle. Anyways, I think you were bashing people that say you only can play one sport, though, there. It sounded like that was a little bit of a bash at that thing right there. Yeah, I know that's a whole thing, but I, I, don't, I think you're... How is that a thing? How is that a thing? I've never heard... I've never had a, a coach that I respect tell me, yeah, yeah, you should you should quit just specialize in one sport. But was this an actual thing? Was this parents saying this? Was this so it's, it's parents a lot that getting in... Because every sport now with kids it seems like is year round there's no like off season they have it all day i'm like no it's fall we play football in the winter we're gonna play basketball in the spring we're gonna play baseball that's how it works that's okay. what we do so i don't this know is ohio. like yeah <laughs> all right this Welcome. is fucking ohio all right in the fall you got the pads on mm-hmm. okay in the winter you're shooting free throws and you get rebounds get your jordans mm-hmm. out okay and then in the, in the spring get the fucking louisville slugger out uh-huh. we're playing baseball america's pastime put that on repeat rest of your life and let's hope you go to college yeah. for one of them because your dad and mom do not want to pay for you to further your education so good luck out there i feel like any person that's ever amounted to anything in athletics has come out and said though you should not specialize in one sport you're not doing yourself a service or a favor at all how did that ever did that, was that all fugues that that wasn't a real thing right people were, I think it was no, like coaches AAU do coaches, yeah. right? That oh, was yeah. the big I thing. See, especially Basketball, like baseball. Different sports. Hockey culture. Soccer culture is big uh-huh. on they don't want their kids playing other sports, at least places I have been around. Like, coaches do that. Soccer culture did seem to turn their back on me a little bit when I started kicking. Yeah, and kids who do, like, academies and stuff, they not even – But I turned my back school. on the soccer culture, though, too. Yeah, I had to. Because I had to. I actually played one spring with West Virginia for a few weeks or whatever on their team. Man, I found out I was not in shape when I played soccer. <laughs> and it turns out three years later, I was in worse shape than I ever was. But I love this. I, that's an interesting thing because soccer is all year round. It's fall. Spring is the most important. That's cup soccer. That's like AAU. Mm-hmm. But fall is high school soccer in at least Pennsylvania and probably in Ohio. So that's obviously rather important as well. So soccer is year round. And I guess hockey is... Is hockey it's, culture it's something? The time, it's the time. Like, if you if you play hockey in Ohio and you're a kid, there's not a whole lot of hockey for them to play. So their parents like, we're driving. We're going to Pittsburgh. We're going to Minnesota. Like, every weekend they're driving to different states to play. It's like and then the in time, the summer where you could be doing something else like baseball or football or something like that, most kids are, like, training for hockey season. Dryland. Yeah. Oh, dryland training. Uh-huh. I used to remember when Phil had to go do drylands or whatever. I'm or like, they're skating. They're working with a skating coach or something. What is dryland? What are, what are you doing? You, oh, we're going to go run sprints. 
Oh, so you have a cardio session you're about to go to. Yeah, dry land. Dry, dry, dry land. I was like, dry land sounds like the worst time of all time. <laughs> yeah. I am out of here. But that is, you can always tell a good hockey player or a wrestler, just hand them a basketball. That's uh-huh. right. You know what I mean? They, they didn't have a lot of time to learn how to fucking yep. shoot a basketball. The shot put that sucker right up. <laughs> right yeah. up. But I'll tell you what, on the boards, oh, oh, in defense, they will take charges. They are not scared. Our friend Phil, CFO Phil, who, <laughs> hockey player, all right, this guy, he played, also played football and baseball. Cannot shoot a basketball for the life of him. He took a charge from somebody running on the other side of half court in an intramural game. Other side of half court. He eyeballed where he thought he was going to go, and he stood there and took a charge. Obviously came up full celebration. It was against Slar Monster. It was against wow. Chris. Took a, took a charge against one of our friends and danced in his face. Like, that's what you're going to get out of the hockey and the wrestlers on the on the hardwood. And Wait, I, in, a, in an intramural game, like a pickup intramural game, he took a charge? Listen, our intramural was serious. It, uh, you're going to think I'm joking, but I'm not. High school or college? High school. High school. We used to have fans come to these fucking intramural games because our basketball coach was a maniac. All right, good guy as an adult, but he was he ran a Bob Knight-type operation. Yeah. Wow. All right, I mean, it was... So a lot of us who played other sports were like, we are not spending our winners. <laughs> this is not how we are going to spend our winners. Like, this is not going to happen. So I think it potentially did deter some athletes from playing, but the team was good, though. Like, the, But you had to buy in, and we didn't do it. So we were kind of fans. So the intramural actually picked up pretty big, like big, got going good. The team I was on, I don't think we ever lost a game or a championship the entire time. CFO Phil was on another team, though. He That was his decision. That was his decision. Really? And it was a bad one. Jeez, yeah. Phil. I mean, it was good rivalry. Diggs was also on that team, I believe, there Tony. for a little bit, weren't you? Yeah, you were I went Bulls. over to... My team, yeah. Uh, my senior year. We had legacy teams, too. And, and carried, the, carried it on. Yeah, and it got passed on to generation. Did you play at the, at the rec center or where? No, at high the school. high school, in the gym. That's sweet. People would come watch this thing. How do you have intramural leagues that they allow you to play on? The, so it's somehow, you at least have to sign waivers. The teachers the had a team. The teachers had a team. We it was, played it was the affiliated teachers. with the school. I never, yeah, yes. we never had that. One of the teachers took my legs out on a dunk attempt. <laughs> Jesus. That's an actual don't, good. Don't try to dunk on him. It wasn't. He came out of nowhere. It was, it was literally just going to be like an Gary off. Gary V, huh? Yeah, exactly. And it was a fucking teacher. I'm like, what am I supposed to do Can't here? Have it. Yeah, my guy Slar Monster, great player, you know, baller. He and I used to go to Boys Park and play, so we had pretty good chemistry. We we're on team. And I didn't play my senior year. I coached because games did get pretty serious in there. Smart. And a lot of things were going on. But my junior year, yeah, he was on an open break, could have done a layup, looked back at me and goes, like, basically gives me the eyes, we're going for this thing. So he puts it off the top. And at this point, I had only dunked in uh, Boys Park courts, which they cement. So it gives you an extra like spring. Yeah, yeah, it gives you an extra little not spring, but also it takes ten feet. Is all of a sudden now nine, ten, nine, eleven, depending upon when they're paving that thing. So it's a little bit shorter. But man, the first time I did that, I felt like a fucking god. By the way, (laughs) that was awesome. So I didn't even know if I was going to be able to get up enough. I get up, I grab it, goes off back a rim, teacher under my legs down on my back yeah it was a wild scene Come absolute down. wild scene but that's intramural basketball at plum high school i mean that's what, those things are going to happen out there i made my free throws of course was that the teacher that was uh is that the teacher that was you know touching kids actually that teacher did play on that team Uh-oh. i do not think it was uh by the way there was a couple of those though right there was two, two, two so that's normal that's like a normal thing in plum no it's not that's not that's not we're associated with great athletes great academics and great things these teachers just so happened to hijack the narrative about plum high school we rooted out the problem yeah we got rid of them we sent them all to jail they're all in jail all of them they're probably still locked down still down yeah i couldn't even imagine the COVID cases they were potentially getting in jail over there especially uh, they might have got let out because of the COVID. 
<gasps> no, I don't think they're letting these scumbags out. Hopefully not. A couple of them had 12 different relationships or something like Jesus. that. Jesus. Like every year they had one. And then like would even go see them, I guess, like whenever mm. they would come back from college. That's, like, see, well, that's legal. Saying. When they come back from school, then the kids are actually legal, though. It's still messed up, but they're legal. Allegedly. I mean, this is all alleged. But then they got a couple of them to find out about other ladies that potentially existed because it was all very secretive, obviously, this mm -hmm. whole thing. And then they all just kind of turned on him, I think. And it was just like... Uh, so this guy was just slinging meat all around the hallways. Yeah. Just because it's legal Third don't bag. mean it's right. That's right. That's right. It's entrapment, actually, and it's disgusting. Grooming. But yeah, he was grooming. Yeah, I guess that is the uh, thing. He was... He was a little holier than now, that guy, too. Oh, you don't say. Yeah. All right. Like, smack him right in the mouth. Interesting attire from AJ today, not wearing one of your funny shirts today, huh? Yeah, yeah what's that all about, pal? Yeah. I, I, I never wear funny shirts. I just, Seriously, whatever I have on the, on the shelf, I, I put up. Oh, okay. Um, all right, let's talk about some other things going on around yeah, the maybe. NFL. Soon I will. I, I think you have everyone that's been made. I don't know if there's any more, <laughs> honestly. Right. We'll see. That's not a challenge. That was just like a, that. Was, that was not a challenge. Uh, let's talk about um, Miles Garrett got drug tested after playing Sunday without sleeves. Did you see this fucking human? Yeah, you, you, I saw the picture. That's not photoshopped. It's I, real. Are all these things a Miles Garrett photoshopped or not? Because I'll watch some videos in, in the summer or whatever, and it'll be him with his shirt off. And I'm like, okay, that was definitely done with the same filter that all those fucking Instagram fucks have. They give them a 10 pack and ripped up. How do these people live in the same world as me with pizza and sandwiches and not have a little bit of chub on them when they're not a professional athlete on Instagram. So I think there is some sort of filter that some people have maybe a little Photoshop they're able to add. I don't know if Miles Garrett at this point is Photoshopped. This guy, no, so. what, what, what is that? Look at his thigh attached to his move. shoulder. Like, he has a thigh. Look at him. If you look at him, like, okay, this dude could be a professional bodybuilder. Usually, those guys, like, I'm guessing they're not as good at athletes as Miles Garrett. The <laughs> fact that he can move and bend and dunk and play basketball and everything and look like this, I mean, he's not, yeah, he's not human. And by the way, that random drug test is not random. Okay, we all know it. The old piss cup lord is looking down on any performance that you have or anything you do and randomly selecting you. I brought this to people's attention back in 2013. I said this in 2013 on my Twitter account. You make one random tackle, okay? And I don't know which one it was. I assume it might have been um, the... Um, uh, Trendon Holiday one, I assume. Mm -hmm. I'm not 100% sure. End up on a random steroid test list. Uh, the next day must be my bod. Hashtag upper body of an adolescent. Okay, so my big thing was there's no chance I'm going to fail this test. So I'm going to go ahead and publicly state this. And I, I don't know if this is why nobody has done it before because they think like, oh, maybe a supplement I took was tainted or maybe something in my food that I didn't even know I ate was potentially going to show up in this test. Which that doesn't happen, but yeah. I agree, but maybe in the supplement, but people have had all these excuses in the past where that maybe I knew there was zero chance. I didn't take any supplements. I didn't even drink energy drinks at that time. So I was like, this seems to be a bit of a joke, and then it became a trend. That random test hasn't been random for a long time, AJ Hawk. I mean, it, it, you're right. It, it hasn't. It, it does seem to, and guys are much more apt to put it out now probably because of you, but also in the same time. Can't fail. You have spurned guys that absolutely did not get chosen because of a play they made the day before but they think they have and they post oh yeah oh there we go 
make seven tackles, and here we go. Uh, now I'm getting drug tested, and no one knew the dude made a tackle. Like, just stuff like that. Oh, so you're saying abuse leads to restriction. Like, some people are potentially randomly selected, and there might be, like, two that is, like, hand-picked, you're saying. And then these guys, they think they're in the hand-picked situation when really, hey, you're just a random motherfucker getting your piss collected. They think right? they, yeah, they're like, oh, you see, you guys saw that. You saw me lock that gunner up on punt, didn't you? Yeah, you know they test me today. <laughs> Hey, sometimes, though, they do Debo, folks, though. You know, it do be like that sometimes out there. It do be like that. It do be like that sometimes. Adam Vinatieri hit some 50-yard something. He was We knew it. Like, literally, as we were walking off the field, like, yeah, you're getting tested tomorrow. He's like, yep, literally did the next day. It was like, these are things that are probably going to happen. The NFL and the NFLPA probably don't ever talk about the legitimacy of the randomness, but I think Miles Garrett knew that when he walked out there, with two thighs hanging off of his shoulders with no sleeves on, he was probably going to have to give his piss for a, what the fuck do you got going on, pal? <laughs> and uh, that is absurd. Hey, by the way, shout out to the NFL for having that guy in the league. Yeah. Hey, yeah. that guy's in the league. Hey, that guy uh, represents very, the NFL. Uh, have, you ever, have you seen any in-person interviews with Siciliano and Miles Garrett? I have not. I'm just, I was just thinking like that would be an amazing visual. I mean, Joe Thomas, probably taller than Miles or no? Miles like how tall is he six six? I think he's six But like, can you imagine if Miles Garrett like picked him up and put him on his lap and had him ask him all the questions? Like a stuffed animal. Yes. I mean, Miles could do that to me. He could put me on his lap and ask me questions. He could certainly put all strong enough. Sure. But I think what you're saying about Cicliano though, you were saying he's figurine size. That's what you said. Four ten. Yeah. I would never say figurine size. That's literally what you just just said. You literally just said it. You did. It's on the record. No, I said the visual. What if like fucking Cicliana goes bagel boss on all of us, by oh, the way? Maybe you guys need to relax I, a little bit I with hope. the Cicliana. I've had Cicliana's back from day one. We all have. Always. But now AJ's like, imagine Miles Garrett just picking up uh, Cicliana like those little say egg things. Hey, run it back. Run it back. You think, did I say picking him up? Never once. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You put it in my head. You, you literally said pick him up. up. Like, you like knew my you kids doing. at Christmas going to the mall to sit on Santa's lap. That's what you said. It's unbelievable, dude. Connor's brain is awesome. Well, it is. That is a fact. I'm glad I can infiltrate and put things in there for him that no. I want to say, but I just make him say. Well, you did that Bobby Carpenter as well. And oh, this yeah. seems to be a little tactic of yours. No, Old no. hero hawk out there not saying anything, but it seems like everybody around him saying terrible things. Interesting. That's fascinating. Hero. Yeah. Old hero, hero hawk. Oh, wow, we're at this. Oh, yeah, go ahead. How come you were killing squirrels and hanging them in people's lockers? Oh, oh yeah. Luke Fickle told us about that some of the me. shit you, you, that wasn't you, huh? Schlegs got one in the parking lot with his bow and arrow. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, for real, hundred percent. Put it in, put it in locker. Jeez, Jags are gonna have to come out with another statement <laughs> yeah. now. Way to go, AJ. He may have allegedly he did that. Yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're allegedly, of course, because well, he had just come from he had just come from hunting. I guess and he, had he, his, had his his on. he had to paint nah, on. He had to paint on. He didn't still have it on. He would come. He would have the stuff on. Like Swags would go hog hunting. You know. And go kill the, all those hogs, and then he would go set a grill up and feed the homeless people with it. Like this, like yeah, that's the kind of guy he is. Shlegs is a hero for sure. Let's get back to him killing a squirrel in the fucking parking lot, though, and then hanging it in Luke shot. Fickle's locker. That's an incredible shot. Was he standing in his truck bed? How? I mean, squirrels no, I are pretty think, skittish. I think he was getting out of his truck. <laughs> squirrels are small. Think about how tough a shot that is. I don't know how far the, away he was. I have quick. no idea. But yeah. he brought it in. He is Hawkeye. That's unbelievable. Because it's not easy just to get your boat, so you got to have space. Remember, my dad tried to run down a car that was speeding in my neighborhood, 
and he grabbed a weapon and it was a bow and arrow and it was like what's gonna happen best case scenario here you know that guy's gonna open the door and he's gonna what he's gonna fucking pull the <laughs> yeah. like how long was this a, was this squirrel on its dying days just sitting because that's a full that's yeah. a full process oh, right? yeah and then he's got he's got to determine how far away it is for which one of the thing he is and Schlage might was just there be wind Schlage might be a superhero with this goddamn bow and arrow huh <laughs> is that his only shot only attempt I, I believe so. I don't. I don't think. I think if you would have missed the first time, the squirrel would have left. Don't you think? Well, then the next day, there's always more squirrels, though. I mean, that is. So it, maybe he shot. Maybe he was doing this for years, and then we finally saw the one time that he got it. This is the red eighteen. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, still, I think he's gonna have to answer questions about killing some random squirrel in the middle of the street, in the middle of a university, and then putting it in somebody's locker. It might have been me then. It might have been me that did it. Well, oh, I mind. think that photo kind of seals it. Out. Hey, that- <laughs> <laughs> I was trying, Schlag. Sorry, hey, sorry, but hey, that thing has uh, that thing's got the juice. I bet you that's not easy to pull. No you know way. I mean? uh, Vinatieri and Justin Snow took me to an archery uh, range, range, an archery range, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they, it's a pretty cool thing. The the way they have the tech set up. This is long. This is years and years ago before the Oculus, basically. But they would have deer on like a screen, and then you would obviously shoot the screen, and it would go, and it would it would do a full like uh, virtual reality type That's thing. Sweet. And then they would have little you know things would like be hanging, little targets, and you could shoot there. And I, I just couldn't get the fucking thing back for, yeah, big really? buck hunter. for awesome. fifteen minutes. I couldn't get the fucking oh. thing. I was just oh my god. And they, they had this thing that you put on there, you actually can pull it back. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't tell me that. 15 minutes, I got my hands being cut off, basically, by this goddamn... <laughs> and then I got the fucking crossbow, and I was an animal. Ooh, I was man. an animal with the crossbow, but I couldn't handle the bow and arrow. I'm not tough enough. I wouldn't have been able to survive back in the day. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't... Uh, yeah, crossbow don't... I think people that are shoot like bow and arrow, they think crossbow, like, oh, why don't you just use a rifle, bud? Like, they think you're not a real yeah. sportsman or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. They know that just by looking at me, though. Yeah, they know just by looking at me I'm not real. Yeah. You know what I mean? The crossbow guy, I don't aren't know, you? though. I feel like you could be pretty decent at archery if you really dove in. I do got the things now, because I do have a bow at the house. Yeah, mm-hmm. can't you just click it so, like, you only yeah. have to pull it back here, and then you can kind of just wait well, and then yeah, click the well, button? that's the crossbow, too. The crossbow, you can actually just pull, and it just sits there. Yeah, there's my crossbow right there. I mean, maybe a little practice. You put some what? fruity pebbles out by the pool, and you uh, put a couple arrows in those raccoons' Come heads. On, raccoons. That's actually a pretty good idea. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just right through the side of their neck. Maybe nah, get those are pets. No, nah, those raccoons have lived... An incredibly privileged life thus far. That's exactly. They so if they were to me. die, he's now, shot he's, he's now is not the time. time to these, these raccoons. They're not expecting anything, man. Easy shot. Exactly. No. Exactly. This guy would never. Now, just for night, future night. reference, there's a lot of deer living on the property now. You know what I mean? There's a lot they of deer living. They can get living. it, too. They have to say they can get it, too. Yeah. No, they can't, okay? They are citizens of the estate. They're a menace. The possum, That's however. game. They're overrunning the estate. No, 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 no. Not even allowed to shoot in uh, where I live, by the way. City limits. Can't shoot. You That's can, for a gun. gun. You can definitely shoot it. Uh, don't crossbow. bring your crossbow. Those are citizens of the estate. What about just a slingshot? Yeah. Just hitting them right Boom. in the skull with Doink. a rock. Maybe a gotcha. shovel. Hey, I will say this. The deer have gotten a little bit... Okay, Nick. <laughs> Jeez Louise, I'll be a little violent. But the deer have gotten a bit comfortable. Yeah, and they're telling all the other deer in the neighborhood, hey, come on over. Yeah, last night I drove in. I drove in. No, no, no. They they be as comfortable as they want. You know, do what you gotta do, dude. I was driving down, staring this deer eye to eye. Jeeping? In my no. In my front in my front area. Oh, oh wow. I came home last night, kind of, you know, because it's getting real dark early. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. And it's real dark in the mornings, too. That's fucking me up right now. I'm going to have to change to my mindset. Yeah, it's hard. But I was just staring this deer down, drove right by it, didn't even move, parked it, Man. walked up behind me, you know, as I got out. It was the like, gall. Geez. 
This is a dog, dude. Yeah, you can't. This is an outside dog. Hey, put a leash on him. Bring him in. That's awesome. I've always, I think it'd be cool to raise a deer like a dog from a young age. All right, listen. The deer is living a very good life on the property. It doesn't need to be in the fucking house. It needs to be outside. But the dogs and the deer had a moment the other day where Chuck, a little bit of a prick, uh, he chased down the deer. Mm -hmm. And that same mom that is not scared of my truck finally got to the point where she's not scared of Chuck anymore. Mm -hmm. And she stopped, turned, and did like a little stomp thing. Chuck ah, hits the brakes, rolls on his back, poops poops himself. (laughs) I mean, you got to take a side now. Poops himself. Then he comes running back, okay? Then the deer, the mom, comes walking back with the crew, right? It was oh, almost no. like oh, a whole thing. God. And they yeah. were just chilling. So then the next day, Sam lets the dog out, the dog's out. They both just walk out. They stare at each other, go about their day. Now they're all just a part of the pack now. The mom had to stand up to Chuck, make him poop himself. And then now it's all just one big uh, harmonic situation. Until you put an arrow right between one of those deer's <laughs> eyes. Because you got to take your dogs aside on True. this they're one. They all, don't want them no, there. Chuck had to learn. Listen, yeah, Chuck, they have to deal Chuck with it Chuck had now. to learn. He pooped himself. He had to fucking learn. He's been getting a little bit too confident anyways with the way he's been moving and grooving, pissing inside when it's raining outside, not even on a, a carpet, on the hardwood. Uh-huh. So then it's just everywhere. So all of a sudden it becomes an ice skating rink. Like, hey, Chuck, I hate to break it to you, pal. If this mama deer wants to alpha you in the front yard, I'm going to fucking let it happen because you need a little bit of that. Mm. Yeah, but... It would be nice maybe to just take a battle axe and cut that thing's head off, take it to a taxidermist, and then you got a nice little trophy Hell right yeah. in your living room. Yeah. Hell yeah. Remind Welcome. all these other deer, hey, you want to fucking try to curb stomp my dog? I will slice your head off Turn and make one an of example out of you. Talking. What Hang is your that guys? hide in the yard. Get you one of these. What's your guy's problem? You I'm guys just saying, scumbag. you can't no. trust these deer. deer. You I like your dog. Damn All right, let's yeah. get to a break. Yeah, we're I mean, the talk more sports on the other side. This is disgusting. Bro, why why would you rather have your dog piss on your carpet that you can't really clean up? Hardwood, you just wipe up. Bro, I can just roll up that carpet and guess what? Throw it away. Get a fucking other cut one. the whole room up? Well, it's a rug. I and apologize. Make a rug out of one of those deer. We yes. bust. <laughs> and then Boom. Ch- and then Chuck pisses on the deer. Hey, you want to stomp on me? Yeah. Not guess anymore, who wins? Pal. Chuck didn't get stomped on. Okay? Just Good to enough. be clear. The deer, for those of you that have never seen a deer in the wild, okay, oh, you were talking I've to me on how you should act. How you should act. Everybody here that has zero dead bodies in the deer department Did talking to me about you what should happen. Did you have first season off? Huh? Did you have first day hunting season off school? Yeah, you're goddamn right I did. Yeah, me too. We went to the same school. We did. We'll see how much you love these deer when one of these mornings when it's dark out, you pull up and bust its guts open all over your truck and then it's all yeah this deer i love this thing while you're picking its innards out of your grill first day of snow this year and one of them's knocking on your door let me in pat please it's freezing out nah they got fur they got a winter coat they're still gonna be freezing it looks real nice by the fire please let me in nah stupid deer no they they bouncing its dumb head off your window (laughs) all right all right we're back in four minutes this has gone too far these deer are good deer (laughs) For He's now, good, they got good morals. Tide's gonna For change. Now. Tide's gonna change real quick. Yin said that about the raccoons, and it turns out they have gnawed a hole through our deck up. Yeah, and they're living <laughs> in your <laughs> chimney. <laughs> correct? What do you know? What do you know? How about that? They've weakened our entire infrastructure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So things did turn a little Structural bit. Structural integrity mm-hmm. of the deck has been compromised. Completely. Can't even go up there. We have a grill sitting out there. Can't even get to it. <laughs> it's going to end up going through there. All right, because yeah. the raccoons. And you guys have called that from the very beginning, that there's going to be some some outlying issues, potentially, with this raccoon relationship. Well, you stop feeding them, they start eating the wood? No, no, no. I think it's their poop. And then they also, 
I mean, there's a Acidic. full... Yeah, because yeah, they're comfortable. Yeah, fuck it. He won't care if we drill a hole in his roof. <laughs> What's the difference? It's a deck. He's not going to kill us. It's the deck. Deck two. No, not two. I mean, the hole in the roof is from the incredible storms that we had. And I'm I've, sure. been, I've been offered a free estimate by 45 different roofing companies. That's really? very nice That's of them. That's what insurance is for, That's very nice of them. What about the chimney? All right. We're out of here. We're back in four minutes with some phone calls talking sports. We're not talking raccoons or deers getting their heads cut off with axes. You hear me? Even if they want this show. Right. Hey, Connor, next time you pet sit, you know what's going to happen, Pat. Yeah, don't you worry. I got you. What? You're you won't come. have a deer problem. You won't have a raccoon problem. You're definitely not going to have a possum problem. You're going to come back home, and there's going to be all these plaques of these animals on your wall. Listen, the opossum is a marsupial. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Okay? It's the only marsupial on North America. That's right. All right? It has a little, it has a little patch like a kangaroo. Yep. Yes, it uh -huh. does. And it looks like a dinosaur if you look at its jaws. And that's Stop why down. you need to shoot that thing in the head. No, the opossum lives. The opossum's no. good. We got an albino opossum out there. You uh -huh. seen the teeth on that thing? Yeah. Those are the worst kind. And plus, that, right. me that means the taxidermist <laughs> will really love that. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. Obviously, forever grateful for all of your decisions to allow us to be a part of your day-to-day. -day. Every Monday through Friday, we're trying to create a pretty good show. And whenever you got legends like Aaron Rodgers stopping by and chit-chatting about everything going on in the world, you know, it makes it a lot easier for us. And, uh, man, it's a dumb, dumb life. A stupid existence, and I'm very, very grateful for it. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to the boys for their effort. Thank you to Michael Lombardi for coming by. We miss him on a regular basis. We'll try to change that for the future for sure. And then we're back tomorrow with a Coaches Up Chuck Wednesday. Can't thank you all enough. Hashtag in a pod squad. We're still giving away some merch. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Tuesday evening. Cheers.